Truck Month is on now. Get 1.49% financing for up to 72 months on a 2022 Chevrolet Silverado 1500. Plus, eligible Costco members can receive a $750 bonus on select trucks. Conditions apply. Visit ChevroletOffers.ca. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The Pesking Report is sponsored by High and Happy Catering out of Springfield, Massachusetts. Their chef, Michael Best, can cook anything you want with or without being infused with cannabis. Check out some of what they make on their Instagram at High and Happy Catering or call them at 413-785-8999. You'll be happy you did. Pesky Report, a podcast dedicated to the Boston Red Sox. Here are your hosts, Brad Chandler, Ryan Brady, and Hoggale. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Pesky Report, episode number 100. Holy shit, guys, we finally did it. This is Pesky Report is brought to you by Belly Up Sports Network. Uh, with me today, I have my good friends Hogdale and Brady. Gentlemen, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. You know, it's so cool that already in our hundred episodes, seems like I joined this podcast just yesterday. It's it's unbelievable, man. Like the all the things that we went through. What a great first full season. Uh, I've had a blast so far having fun with you guys this off season, hundred episodes going strong. Yeah, we're going strong. We've, uh, had a few special guests throughout the 100 episodes. Uh, our previous episode was Ryan LaVarnway, uh, ex catcher of the Boston Red Sox. Also, an, uh, what was it? World baseball classic. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. Olympian as well? World series winner too. Yeah. Yeah. 2013. So we've we've been going strong. We've actually got quite a few uh, more guests going, coming on. Uh, our next guest is actually like a wicked a surprise for me. I was shocked that she uh, happened to uh, respond to a message that I sent her. And by she, I mean uh, the God. I hate my fucking computer. And by she, what I mean, <laughs> what I mean is the very first African American female to coach in professional baseball. I'm talking Bianca Smith. 
So uh, that will be episode number 101. We are looking forward to that. We've, we're also working on a couple other guests. Uh, we spoke about it before on one of our, it wasn't the last episode. I think it was episode 98. Uh, we have a, we, we are in talks with a 2004 world series winner and, um, and we're still going, we're still reaching out to some people. We're trying to get some news. We're trying to get something going on. We want an episode every week and we're going to keep giving you guys, uh, an episode every week, regardless if there's a lockout or not. So gentlemen, did you see that uh, all, all the baseball players were getting together and they were talking shit basically about the owners? Good for them, dude. Good for them. That's the thing about the social media age is like uh, instead of like the owners, you know, putting out like the articles and newspapers and stuff where they control the narrative, the players are like, you know what? No, <laughs> I simply will not allow you to control the narrative. We will put out our own narrative. Thank you very much. Brady. It's, uh, you know, it, it's time for, for, owners to stick together it's time for players to stick together i just really hope that they can uh, you know get their shit together if we miss a week worth of spring training a a week worth of spring training okay once you get past that i think guys are going to get injured if you you know and i I don't want to play 150 games baseball is 162 that's what it is so let's get it together guys come on yeah get your shit together one of the things that i find absolutely hilarious is on every one of uh max scherzer's social media platforms so on twitter he has his uh his profile picture of him as a dodger and it says max scherzer a dodger picture yada 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 on instagram it has him as a washington national (laughs) <laughs> and he's, I'm a Washington media guy, Max Scherzer, and and all Mets fans are like, we don't care about the fucking lockout. We just want Max Scherzer to fucking change his profile to the Mets. Probably hasn't gotten his uniform yet, though. And if he has gotten, I'm it, he sure, probably put it on. I'm pretty sure he's already. They've already done a conference and everything. All you would have. you would think forty two million dollars would, would or whatever he got. I can't remember what it is now at this point. But whatever the fuck he got, like. That'd be enough for me to update my profile pic. Yeah. That night. That <laughs> night. That night. Yeah. The night it fucking happened. Yep. He's, he's one of the biggest representatives in the players, uh, the players union too. So, you know, makes all the difference that he's been, you know, shooting off a ton of tweets lately. But I mean, fucking change your profile. <laughs> what if I you said had, no? I just had an idea. What's that? What if you got the richest owner? Right, so that's right. Uh, Uncle Steve, right? Right, yeah. and and the richest player, whoever it may be, you know, whoever it is, right, and get the also the the least wealthy owner and a first year rookie. You get the four of them in a room, so you have both extremes, right? And you go yes. like, you lock the door, boys. <laughs> nobody gets out. nobody gets out till till we can all live with it, and that's it. No, no food either. No, fuck I that agree. water. St- like room temp water, not even cold. Fuck that. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Figure it out. This is what's gonna happen, and this is how it's gonna happen until you fucking you do all this stuff. I give it four uh, hours. That's it. Four hours <laughs> is all it takes. I say eight. I say eight. I think. I think they could go at least eight hours. I don't know why though. Like, um, because there's there's been a lot of like walkout discourse this week because of, like the players tweeting and stuff like that, and the owners putting out their own, uh 
you know, kind of narrative on the situation. Personally, I kind of hate the take that, like, both sides Oh, shit. Cool. What? What happened? MLB stopped steroid testing. I saw that. Yep. Because it uh, expired. League has stopped drug testing for the first time in 20 years after joint drug agreement expired during lockout. Yep. And Bonds that's and the in the that, hall. That's coming back. Yeah. Bonds that's coming the... in the hall makes me sick. Robinson Cano is going back to fucking <laughs> It's time. It's time. Yes. I mean, we were fucking just talking about this in the chat, too. Like, Robinson Cano has been shit. And then now he's going to be able to fucking shoot up. Maybe we'll get a fucking Barry Bonds reunion and a fucking a Roger Clemens. Let's do it. Fucking sign a contract. Get these old fucks in so that they can get back into the fucking Hall of Fame. Yeah, we're set the timer. Can Clemens close for the Sox? I think Clemens could fucking still start. Real shit. He, he probably could. He probably could. Even if he's throwing like 92, 93 at his age. I bet that motherfucker could throw. Oh, man. Unreal. So, so I've been pushing. Dude, I got to play you guys this fucking this voicemail we got. It's uh, It sounds like someone we might know. And uh, Oh, really? I, yeah. It's definitely. It's a funny fucking. Uh, it's definitely funny. And uh, let's just listen to it. Good play it. Uh, how you doing? Uh, my name is uh, Nick, uh, Nicky P. And uh, I just want to say that uh, Nick Pavetta is elite. And uh, Matt Barnes, I got no use for the guy. And uh, you guys are doing a great job. Congratulations on number 100. And uh, that Brady guy is fantastic. You know, he, 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 he's, he, he's the best. You guys are good, too. He's great. And so is Nick Pavetta. And good luck in, uh, on, on the next 100. Thanks. Wow. Sounds what like an Adonis of a man. You know, really someone you'd respect. Yeah. I love that guy. Strong. What was it? Mick? Uh, strong. I think it was Nick Nicky P. Oh, I missed that. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I, I, he's spot on. I mean, Pavetta's great. Barnes sucks. Uh, what, a, what a guy. What a call. Strong. Yeah, he sounds like – does anybody like have a – like? doesn't that guy sound like someone we might know, Hockdale? I don't know what you're talking about. That's a completely new person to me. Yeah. Really. Was that Was that Ed? Oh, no. I oh, Ed, Ed has a higher pitch. A pitch than that, you know. Yeah, but he's trying to make it anonymous, so I'd have to change mm-hmm. his tone of voice. No, touche. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh, we've uh, so I've gone ahead and I recorded a couple snips with a few of our guests. Um, we've had Brandon Brewer, uh, formerly of the Nest Podcast. He was actually on the very first episode of the Pesky Report. Him, he was actually. Believe it or not, if it wasn't for Brandon, um, I don't think the Pesky Report would have a name. And I'm not saying that the Pesky Report came from Brandon, but when I was blogging for Brandon and Zach of the Nest Podcast, uh, Brandon came up to me and he talked to me about uh, starting a Red Sox-based podcast. And I told him if I did that, I would call it the Pesky Report. And he asked me why, and I told him, if you call it the Pesky Report, you don't ever have to worry about changing your, your podcast name because you've got the Pesky Poll. And Pesky Poll is always going to be a part of um, Fenway. 
and the Red Sox. As long as, you know, if the fucking, God forbid, the Red Sox leave Fenway, which I, I would fucking die. I mean, even if they did, they'd probably bring the pesky ball and put it in the new park. You would think. So, but, uh, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna take a listen to, uh, Brandon and I talking. It's about 20 minutes and then, uh, we'll be back and, uh, we'll, we'll talk shit. All right, guys. Okay. Let's do it. What's going on, everyone? Welcome. I love that. Like, my internet just screws up right away. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Brad here with me today. I have one of the guys that was actually a part of the very first episode uh, of the Pesky Report, Brandon Brewer of what's the new po- what's the podcast name now? It used to be the Nest Podcast. Formerly the Nest Podcast, now it's Ready Break. It's uh, kind of a play on like whenever you break the huddle and uh, the quarterback okay. will be like, ready, break. And everybody will clap. That's kind of what we went with. That makes sense. So so you're you're sticking with the uh, football football terminologies and not doing any baseball terminologies? Uh, I mean, you know, in baseball, you still you have the huddle at the mound and the, the ump will come out and be like, hey, break it up, guys. So it's kind of the same thing. Okay, fair enough. So, I, so <laughs> I've known I've known you for, geez, I want to say it's going on probably two years now. Yeah, two two and a half years or something like that. I think we started interacting with one another during the twenty nineteen season. If it was I'm not the, mistaken, it was the twenty twenty because was it twenty twenty? Yeah, I started writing in the uh, the year of the pan- uh, the pandemic started, and uh, okay. it's started writing for you guys. Like I started writing and then I contacted you and then uh, we start, I started writing for you guys. Yeah. I, I, I knew it was sometime during like the, the dog days of summer, but I thought it was like mid season and not right as the season was kicking off anyway. Yeah, it was, it was probably like, I want to say like May, May of 2020. Because... Yeah. They weren't playing baseball yet then in, May, in 2020. Okay, maybe maybe it was a little later than that. You're probably we, we you're right. Might, we might we might have to go back and check the text thread and see see when uh, the date yeah. started rolling in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, this whole pandemic and, and um, all the COVID baseball had kind of thrown a wrench in everything. So I had to get something going. I was doing the Rip Griffin show, mm-hmm. and um, then like I was writing for you guys. I was doing the Rip Griffin show, and then I started coming on as a, um, what do you guys call it? Your special. Uh, I think we were calling you our baseball insider. There you to, go. To kind of give the, you some credibility. <laughs> the guy who knows nothing about baseball, but he's going to be your baseball insider. I appreciate it, man. I, in all honesty, I've said it before and I'll say it a million times. I thank you guys for everything that you've done for me. Uh, if it wasn't for the opportunity that you guys let me uh, you and Zach, that's what I mean by when I say you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys gave me the opportunity to write for you, and then you got me into the whole podcasting scene. And I've been doing this probably since, uh, yeah, right, right in the dog days of summer of 2020. 
So, but not this isn't about me. This is about you, man. We're celebrating <laughs> our 100th episode. We're bringing on guests wow. um, from like the entire time that uh, we've been a part of, uh, been doing the podcast. Like I said, you were on the very, very first podcast. And uh, I wanted to reach out to you and see what you were up to, like how you're doing and how you're getting your baseball fix uh, during the off season in a lockout. Well, you know, like most fans, the way that I get my fix is on Twitter and I'll just go and I'll search random hashtags to see what's going on in the, the baseball news world, which as most of us know right now, not much. So, okay. uh of course, I also follow football, so that helps me out a lot to be able to stay relevant in the sports world. But, man, I am ready now. Now that the Patriots especially are eliminated from the playoffs, I'm ready for baseball season more than ever. And uh, I can't wait for them to come to some kind of agreement and say, hey, this season is greenlit. So by the time this episode ends up recording, we'll probably find out who the Super Bowl champs are and whatnot weekend of the wild card uh weekend for mm-hmm. nfl did you have any doubt that like that the bills were gonna win i had the bills winning that game um i thought that it would be a little bit more competitive from that, the patriots that defense just absolutely collapsed yep did not show up uh someone uh quote tweeted me i said the defense sucks they didn't show up and they were like, they didn't show up for the past five weeks. Yeah, they, they had an epic collapse at the end of the season. I think the I think they ended up losing four out of their last five games, counting that wild card game against the Bills. It, it just it went downhill after the bye week for some reason. Yeah, it definitely did. And then uh last night's <laughs> Steelers game was absolutely hilarious. Um, I didn't watch that simply because I knew the Steelers were going to lose. Ben Roethlisberger goes out in a, uh, a blaze of glory, I guess. Well, it was interesting. Like the game was tied zero to zero at the end of the first quarter. And then in the second quarter, the Steelers actually got a fumble recovery for a touchdown and went up seven, nothing. And I started texting out my buddies. I was like, Hey, if the Steelers somehow, some way pull this off, I'm going streaking around my neighborhood. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Yeah, that but didn't happen. they did. <laughs> <laughs> the but like you said, this. by the time this episode drops, we'll already probably know the Super Bowl winner. So no sense yeah. on recapping the wild card weekend anymore. Right. It was fun. Um, yeah, so what we're doing on the uh, on the past report is we've been talking about the postseasons, uh, the past postseasons for the Red Sox. Right now, we're working on the 2004, and uh, we are getting ready to talk about the ALCS uh, games four through seven. So that's like the best, best uh, series of all the all four um, series, um, postseasons. 
uh, that the Red Sox were a part of. And uh, as everybody knows, we play the Yankees and uh, we come back and we, we sweep them basically. So, yeah, that that series in and of itself is it. I'm I'm glad that you broke it down the way that you did because the first three games were just heartbreak and misery yep. and it, it's just terrible. And uh, I know we were talking about it in our text thread and it had me pull up one of the, uh, I, I ended up watching the majority of game one of that series. And I was like, wow, I forgot that half of these guys were, were right. on these teams. And it was kind of nostalgic to go back and be like, I remember hating this guy's guts for so right. long. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was crazy. But then games four through seven, it's a completely different, series a completely different chapter the whole thing is is like yeah i watched i watched those games back in 2004 Mm -hmm. but i didn't watch them as intently as i watch baseball now like i was like okay whatever and i'll pay attention to something else and oh something happened you know Mm -hmm. but now it's like i watch it and uh just recently um the beginning of the year uh i had enough time to where i could sit there and watch every second of the game I mean I forgot that Tony Clark played for the Yankees I forgot John Olerud played for the Yankees there's just like so many people um, like I didn't forget that Nomar got traded like I watched the season too and it was just weird how things changed like Nomar missed a lot at the beginning of the uh, the first half of uh, 2004 like he didn't come in until like way late uh mm-hmm. because he was hurt so yeah I, honestly like going back i i know he was traded in mid-season but i i thought that he was traded 2003 mid-season and then to see that he was actually on that roster in 2004 but not in the world series and in the alcs and all that stuff it was kind of like oh wait when did he get traded because i knew you know he wasn't a part of that that ALCS and that history of the team. So I knew that he was gone. I just, in my mind, wrote him off earlier than when he really was. But yeah. like you said, he didn't really play the majority of the 2004 season anyway. Yeah, so he got traded uh, mid-season 2004. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got uh, Orlando, what was his name? Was it Orlando Cabrera? Hmm. I'll look it up. As we're both looking it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Orlando. Riveting. And then we had uh we had Pokey Reese as well. But yeah, Pokey Reese played a little bit of short that year. Had to. We had to get something back that could plug in for Garcia Parra there at shortstop, but um it was yeah, Orlando that- Cabrera. And uh, that, he actually he actually started off pretty slow for the Red Sox, and then he ended yeah. up doing pretty good. And, and it's one of those things like you know if Twitter was around back in in those days, like they would have been getting beat up for that trade right. because it's like you traded no more for this guy. Cabrera sucks, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it kind you can kind of compare the uh, the Nomar Garcia Parra trade to the Mookie Betts trade. Like Mookie Betts made made a lot of sense. It, him getting him getting traded made sense because he wanted the bag. 
and the Red Sox wanted to make sure they got something out of it. But uh, Nomar was looking for an extension and whatnot, and the Red Sox couldn't work anything out, and uh, he was consistently hurt. So they had to do something. They got something back. The other thing that I thought was funny is like going back and like watching and uh, reading up on the 2003, 2004 Red Sox is like the Red Sox almost got a rod. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was part of the the negotiations and the talks back then was the a rod could potentially be a Red Sox player. What do you think? Do you think that it would have been beneficial for him to be there or are you glad that it went the way that it did? So taking a totally non-biased uh, opinion on it, I would have been like, when I heard about this back in 2004, I was like, yes, I want A-Rod mm-hmm. because I, I loved A-Rod. When A-Rod was on, on the Mariners, uh, he was great. When he was with the Rangers, he was great. But like, you didn't know all the backstories like you do now. You didn't know all the stuff about him, like how he did steroids, how he did, um, like his love life, how he's always in the, uh, in the news and whatnot now, but it's like back then, totally. I would have, I would have been okay. Like I didn't know who John Lester was. So I, I wouldn't have given a, a, a damn, you know, um, Manny Ramirez. Yeah. That probably would have sucked, uh, giving up Manny, um, for a rod, but you give up a rod, you give up, uh, Nomar and Lester. Like I said, Lester, I wouldn't have cared because that was a nobody to me. But looking at it now, I'm glad we didn't do it. See, when when I was seeing all this unfold, like like you, I didn't really have the hatred for A-Rod until he went to the New York Yankees. That's when the hatred for A-Rod really started to, to blossom. So I was like, well, he's a good player, but we're giving up at least two good players to get him. You know, because I was a big Nomar guy. And then Manny was my other guy on the team. And then like like you, Lester was a, a new guy that no one really knew about. No one really had too much stake in. But I I was on the fence with it. And I would rather have kept the guys that we did instead of going out and, and getting A-Rod. So I was happy the way that it worked out. There was, I forgot who it was. There was someone else that we were supposed to get in that, we were going to get in that trade. It was going to be a three-team trade. It was going to be the Red Sox, Rangers, and White Sox. We were supposed to send Nomar to the White Sox for Maglio Ordonez. Okay, so that would have been the return for Lester, basically, to get the the pitching aspect. So Nomar, uh, was Uh 29, would have gone to the White Sox along with reliever Scott Williamson in exchange for going on 30 uh, outfielder Maglio Ordonez and 20-year-old pitching prospect brandon mccarthy yep but the players union decided to reject the uh the offer and a rod was going to be making less money i wonder i wonder what the the players union uh what their logic was with rejecting that it was against any effort to reduce the value of an existing contract Hmm. okay whatever that means well, he was going to be making less money than his contract with the Texas Rangers, so they they couldn't they just couldn't allow that. But like like I said, um, back then, totally would have taken that trade. But looking at it and the in two thousand twenty two, uh, saying like looking at what Arad had become, 
I think it was beneficial that we just didn't go with it and it, it got rejected for sure. But, but the other thing is, is could you imagine David Ortiz and A-Rod hitting back to back? It would have been something spectacular for sure. And, you know, I know I remember a lot of people back in those times were talking about, oh, we back to back. So you would basically be replacing Manny with A-Rod's bat and, him hitting in Fenway it was always a scary prospect whenever he would be on the road hitting there. Imagine him getting to do that 81 times a year. Yeah. It would have been fantastic. But like you said, hindsight's 2020 and I'm, I'm glad that we didn't have uh, the diva to kind of drag us down. And 2004 might've been a completely different outcome. Had well, we had A-Rod on that squad. The, the other thing that was a part of that contract was the fact that, a-Rod would have had an opt-out after 2004. So you would have lost Manny. You lose Manny, Lester, uh, Nomar. You get A-Rod, and then he opts out, and then say he goes to the Yankees. You know, so And you have nothing to show for it, yeah. Maglio Ordonez. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, glad that it worked out the way that it did. Um, so there's that. Uh, do you, uh, do you have anything coming up on the ready break podcast? I, I have to get, I have to get used to that now. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a change for sure. Um, well, one thing that we do like to do every year is during spring training, we like to go through and preview all of the MLB divisions. And we typically like to bring in guests that are other podcasters and and hosts of other shows that are team specific. So we'll probably be reaching out to somebody there from the pesky report to, to come on and talk when we talk AL East and talk about the Red Sox and we might have a Yankees or a Tampa Bay Rays, somebody like that on there as well. So that we can all sit down and collectively throw our opinions at the American league East, but we'll be doing that for each and every division throughout spring training. Kind of uh, that's our virtual tour around the, the spring training facilities, if you will. And then uh, once the season kicks off, we'll, we'll be doing, you know, weekly updates and, and analysis of what we see going on around the league. Yeah, uh, you know, damn well, that <laughs> I'd be more than happy to come on and talk some Red Sox with you guys. Um, I'll be more than happy to come on and talk any baseball with you guys as well. As you know, I, I do pay attention to the Red Sox, but I also pay attention to uh, to the entire league. So, Brandon, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we will be releasing the episode right now. We're recording on the 17th of January. This will be out probably about February 14th, so Valentine's Day. Hey, lover. Uh, so th- I want to thank you, man. You have been a part of the Pesky Report. Uh, you, you, you and I actually, I don't know if you remember this, uh, but you and I talked about starting a Boston Red Sox podcast, specific podcast. And you told me you were like, I don't want to be a part of it. I just want, I want to be in the back and like every once in a while, I come on, I want it to be you and somebody else. And Mm -hmm. I was like, if, if this was to happen, I'm going to name it the pesky report. And then lo and behold, the very first episode you're on it. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that conversation because, uh, I, I really enjoy the producing aspect of, of a podcast and I, I love doing like what we do on ready break is we have the live stream 
that goes along with it that we we basically have uh the look and feel of an espn show but on our budget you know what i'm saying right. and I, I i loved being able to implement that kind of a feel to a podcast because i i think like the the fan interaction is what really drives it forward and you guys have done a great job. I, I know I was kind of in the background a little bit there at the beginning for you guys, and then you just took off. And uh, you <laughs> you guys have done so well for yourselves in the, the short time you've been around. Yeah, I mean, we took off, and then uh, the amount like the amount of times that we record because during the season we record after every series, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, you weren't available for a lot of those series and, you know, family things come first and whatnot, personal life comes first. And then you also had your other podcasts as well. So uh, getting you on the podcast was, a, you know, a little hard, but we were able to get you on, I want to say at least 10 times. Yeah. We, I was on a few times. I know uh, it, it works out better for me if it's at a decent hour. Yeah. You know, that's I, the biggest problem. Like we record it like, there's been times we recorded at like 12 o'clock at night and I'm, I'm supposed to get up at four 30 in the morning. And it's like, uh, I'm yeah, going to see, work the next day and I'm like dead. That, that was me. You know, I had to get up uh, last season. My job had me getting up at like three 30 in the morning yes. to go to work. And there was no way I was staying up to record, start recording a podcast at 12 o'clock. It's like, totally yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it definitely, it takes a toll, but it's it's fun. It's been it's been mm-hmm. a ton of fun. Um, I have a bunch of people that talk Red Sox uh, baseball with me, and I've I've honestly have learned a lot of stuff this past season, and I look forward to learning more. So, uh, Brandon, I I appreciate you coming on, man, and we will definitely reach out to you and have you on on a more frequent basis. Hopefully, we'll do like a Sunday episode uh, when they have a day game or something like that so that it's like an earlier time for you and uh we'll have you on a little bit more sounds great i'll be the sunday driver thanks for having (laughs) me brad take it easy cool all right man so some of that uh one of you fuckers i can hear hear myself like echoing through it not me is it Hogdale? No, it's definitely not Hogdale. Okay. Let's see. My mic doesn't echo, so it, it's Brady. Wow. Brady fucked up once again. <laughs> Brady as usual. That checks out. Thanks, yeah, guys. So, yeah. So <laughs> I wanna I wanna just make a shout out to Brandon. I know I said it during the recording. Uh, it's fantastic that. Uh, he had a lot to do with the Pesky Report uh, starting, uh, which was cool. He he helped me get into whole, the whole podcasting thing, like I said, um, before I was recording with another show, uh, doing some YouTube content with them. I was also working with a gentleman named Rip Griffin, uh, who we were covering all of baseball and <clears throat> Then I just I just wanted to do Red Sox stuff, and then I reached out to a bunch of people. found uh, found Bailey, um, ended up finding Jeff, ended up uh, finding Zach. Zach was fun. Uh, unfortunately, that did not work out. Um, I, I will admit some of that had to do with me, um, but 
it's been it's been a lot of fun having on so many people trying to figure it out and whatnot. And I believe that we have the right core of people. Uh, granted, you know, Brady, Hogdale, you guys are the main guys that are on on the show now. But uh, we also have Bailey. We have Ed uh, that come on every once in a while. Uh, we do have a couple people that do graphics. And they also uh, run the... Uh, run the Instagram and Facebook pages. So uh, we have a, a gentleman uh, named Frankie. He does our Instagram page. So big shout out to him. He just joined us recently. Uh, Eric has been a part of the show. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Um, behind the scenes, basically, since since the beginning, um, we, we've had a ton of people. Uh, Lauren from Lockdown Red Sox. Um, it was fun having her on as well. Uh, yeah, no, I really think there is a cricket on Hockdale's fucking computer, dude. <laughs> no, it's my PlayStation playing in the background. I just turned it off. The that thing. One second. That's great. Yeah, that's that, great. That, that fucking checks out. But I. <laughs> so uh, Brady, you actually sent a uh, a thing in um, in the chat talking about uh, an ex. Sex player, fucking crazy, Cogdale. Like, what's going on over here? We're gonna have to have you listen to this episode so you can hear hear the ridiculousness that's coming. Out I have no idea what you're talking about. Crickets are literally having sex inside your computer right now. It sounds like someone's fucking with a door stopper. I don't know. It's so fucking true. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, so the, the the big news, uh, the rumor is that uh, Kevin Euclid has been offered uh, to uh, be the color guy for fifty games next year for for the uh, Nesson Red Sox uh, broadcast. So that would be great if 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 it's if he does that. That'd be really cool. I would love that. You know, it'd be really fucking cool as if that goddamn door stopper would stop fucking door stopping. <laughs> It stopped. Whatever you did, keep doing it. I literally did nothing. It's back. Do it, do it again. Do what again? I'm just sitting here. I haven't done anything. <laughs> like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking nope. about. Nope. Go back to what you were doing before that. Good. That's it. You got it. Okay. He's great. S- stay. Sit. 
What did you do? I'm, you are watching me on camera. I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting here. Sapphire's fault. It's definitely Sapphire's Something, fault. Something's going on. All right. Well, Hogdale's under attack. He's that under attack up. by doorstoppers. <laughs> Big ol' oh. So is, is Sapphire like fucking around with one of your doorstoppers in your room? No, it's possible. She's, uh, she's laying down right now. You can't you see her? No. She ain't she laying down. <laughs> she just ran like a horse. She's had enough. Uh, what would you guys think about Yuke? Would you be down with that? Now, is he going to be broadcasting uh, some of the games? Is yeah. He be a killer commentator? Yeah. Yeah, I think they want to try to keep a, a three-man booth going as often as they can. Um, so that'd be cool. I'd love to hear from Yuke. be fucking sick. Anything's better than Dave O'Brien, genuinely. Well, Dave O'Brien's still going to be there, unfortunately. <laughs> that does not check out. It does not check How- out at all. What's what's the odds that uh, if we start the Mike uh, Monaco replacement, uh, you know, get a well, list of signatures? It, like, I I feel like it wouldn't matter because if they replaced fucking Don Orsillo with Dave O'Brien, they don't fucking care what we think. That checks the fuck that, out. Yeah, that that checks out. Like the fact, I I'm probably more pissed. Uh, I am more pissed off about the Don Orsillo situation than, say, um, Mookie Vets, Nomar Garcia-Parra, any of the fucking players. Like, that pisses me off probably more than anything. So let me ask you, what's worse, the way the Red Sox handled John Lester or the way they handled Don Orsillo? Don Orsillo. I agree. Hogdale? I I mean, they they fucked up. They fucked Mm -hmm. up the Lester situation like fucking, I don't even know what to talk about with that one. Like, but it's terrible that was, on its own. But yeah. Like, at least like you can make the argument like, oh, money against like the luxury tax. You're paying an announcer. There is no luxury tax. Just pay him what he wants. You fucking cheapskates. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty, yeah. I don't think anybody could replace Don Arcella player, fucking manager. Like I love Tito. I think Tito was amazing. And I, I would probably put Tito in Don Arcello. That situation, those situations, probably right around neck to neck and neck. That's good. That's a that's a good comp, I think. Oh yeah, you know? for sure. I think I most mean, Sox fans now, though, if you could put if you could push a button and have Mike Monaco on instead of O'Brien, you would at least say, "All right, it's a new, it's a fresh new start. Let's just move forward." Like you know, new, you know, you'd still love Don Arcello, but uh, it'd be great. If if there was a replacement, honestly, I think that fuck you, Hogdale, and your fucking doorstopper. I'm literally going to send you a snippet of this. It's so fucking terrible. I'm so confused. (laughs) But um, Monica would definitely be the person I'd want to replace Steve O'Brien. Are you going to be okay over there? It's so funny. Hogdale has no fucking clue what we're talking about, and we hear. Hey, you remember that time it happened to you? <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Everyone has like their own little fucking bugaboo. You know what I mean? Like Brad's, Brad's mic, like or his internet fucks up at the always the worst possible fuck. You're like, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm excited that we have Ryan Lavarnway on today. You know. <laughs> 
Ogdell has a cricket living inside of his computer. It's not a cricket. It's someone fucking with his doorstop. I'm telling you. It's like someone's fucking the doorstop. It's almost Valentine's Day, so, I mean, you know, you got to find love any way you can. You know, I don't judge. All right. Do we have a... Do you have any other news that you wanted to bring up after since the uh, Euclid thing? I saw they said uh, Seiya Suzuki. I guess the the report was that he only wants to sign with a team that uh, has an Arizona spring training uh, facility. So that's not good if that's true. That doesn't. What I don't know, dude. Weird, that, what a weirdly specific thing. Like what? Well, I think there's like almost like 20 teams of the 30 are now in Arizona. I think it's uh, really. I think I think it's actually. I think it's 15 and 15. This is like also there's a good chunk of East Coast teams that are in the Arizona one too. Like so that's not like just a West Coast thing. Yeah. So that's odd. How about the John fucking Heyman thing He's saying that uh, the Yankees are looking to sign Freddie Freeman? Like yeah, fuck a- off, dude. Oh, we need a lefty bat. Like, the Yankees are all... all fuck the Yankees, by the way. But, uh, that checks out, by the way. But um, the Yankees are always going after the big guys. Truthfully, if the Braves don't resign, like, Freddie Freeman, like, there's something wrong with their organization. Like, you got a well, mega bargain on Acuna and Albies, and, like, you can't pay for Freeman. Like, just get the I'll fuck have- out. Hey, how about Fangraph? How about Fangraph's fucking thing where the Yankees are going to be the only team that get ninety wins in the AL East? Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. one that only one team will win ninety games in the AL East is just clownery. Two, why are you yeah. even putting out a projections like ninety percent of the offseason moves for all the teams aren't even done yet? So like, it's kind well, of exercise in futility. Fangraphs came out and said that 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 was their projection of the uh, of the league as of now. Yeah, that's going to so change. It, once the, but that's stupid. Like, why are you putting that out? That, that's bonkers. The Yankees legit objectively haven't done anything like at all. Like they haven't yet. As of right now, they haven't done They've anything. They've done as little as the Red Sox. Right. I mean, I think it's fair to say on paper as currently constituted, the Blue Jays probably have the best roster right at this second, but the Yankees haven't made moves. Sox aren't done. It, it you know, I mean, I, the Texas Rangers probably look a lot better on paper than they did, you know, at the end of last season. But you know, like, it, it's just stupid. Like the Rays are going to win more games than the Yankees next year. I can guarantee you that. Like, I, it, I agree with that. The Yankees yeah. isn't only the only. Well, the Rays also just hilarious. We'll we'll have to talk about this after we come back from our next recording. Well, I, I kind of want to talk about something that we talked about yesterday in the chat. Uh, closure by committee. And it'll probably make me want to punch my fucking computer because Brady yesterday was pissing me off. And I was like, dude, I swear to God. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) The the timing of your internet fuck-ups is legendary. No one compares to you when it comes to that. I swear to God, I'm going to punch Brady in the five I swear to God, dude, like yesterday, I, I literally was like, I was sitting in my living room. I was messaging on my phone. You pissed me off so bad. I ran into my fucking bedroom, got on my computer. It didn't lag at that point. And I was just like, 
I can't wait to. I can't wait. I can't, all right, let's play play the next one, and then I'm bringing smoke. Yeah, you you do that. I got mute buttons. <laughs> it. This uh this next episode this next recording episode this next recording is from with our uh, good friend uh, H Town Wheelhouse. He is a member. He records with Locked On Astros. Um, he's been on the show. I think this is his second time. Um, him and I have been. We've been talking for a while. Uh, when I, we met through uh, Rip Griffin when I was doing that show, and. Whenever the Astros played the Red Sox, him and I always shit talked to each other, but it was always in fun. It's, he's not one of those people who took it like to heart and whatnot. And you know, I didn't take what he said to heart. It's all in fun and whatnot. So, all right, guys, uh, take a listen to this one and uh, we'll be back. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Brad Chandler here uh, with me today. I have one of our previous guests, and I'd like to say one of my friends, right? We can say friends. Yes, sir. Uh, we can say friends. He, he might be an Astros fan, but uh, he, he's good in my book. I have H-Town Wheelhouse. How are we doing, buddy? Man, we're doing good. Thanks for thanks for having me on, Brad. Hey, thanks for coming on, celebrating the 100th uh, episode of the Pesky Report uh, you were when I actually started the pesky report, I reached out to you and I was like, Hey, dude, this, this is a thing that I'm going to be doing. And at some point I'm going to want you on. And, uh, you do, what is it that you do? Cause you have a podcast as well. Yes, sir. It's locked on Astros. I'm the co-host, um, Eric Heisman and myself do that. Um, uh, during the season, it's five days a week right now in the off season, it's three days a week but we're part of the Locked On Network, which has got over 200 channels and just growing by leaps and bounds. Yeah, uh, we're, uh, we're friends with uh, Lauren. Podcast. She used to actually be part of the Pesca Report and um, very proud of everything that she's doing over there. And I've listened, I've watched uh, some of your YouTube content and you guys are really good. You really know what you're doing. You know what you're talking about. But uh, you said you're doing three days a week. Yes, we're doing three days a week. And believe it or not, I know it. you would think in a lockout time that there's nothing to talk about. But there is really a ton of things that we can talk about. We've been bringing up past Astros teams. Um, we've been bringing on um, guests when we can, you know, friends of ours from other locked on shows. Um, talking about Jeremy Pena and Jose Siri 
in the Dominican League has kind of kept the kind of kept the news going. Um, the Astros international signings of, you know, they just signed three Cuban players all under the age of 20, I believe, um, a 16-year-old, a 19-year-old. And and so that blossoms into a whole nother thing. Um, you know, we got to talk about Justin Verlander's deal being finalized after the lockout because technically it wasn't finalized because he was, you know, overseas with his family. I mean, that's what Justin Verlander and Kate Upton do, right? They just jet set across the world, which was just cool. Um, and, you know, believe it or not, we got to talk about the fan fest that got canceled that I'm surprised they even announced it in the first place. Um, so we are content creators extraordinaire here in the off season. Three a week, man. I thought we were doing uh we were doing, we're doing one a week right now. And we occasionally will do two a week. Uh, we just had, um, we're pre-recording this by the way, but uh, we did a John Lester appreciation uh, podcast um, a couple days ago. And <clears throat> I thought that was cool. Like we had two in one week. And then if we have more than one a week, it's like a miracle. Like we've been doing the way we've been doing it is we were talking about the postseasons for the Red Sox. So we started with the 2004 uh, postseason, started with the ALDS. Then we went to the ALCS and then we went to the World Series. And then we moved on to the we're going to be moving on to the 2007 uh, postseason. So okay. that's that's the kind of stuff that we're trying to trying to do. And uh, we thought that was kind of creative. Yeah. We've been able to reach out to um, we've had Joe Perez um, who, he was just promoted to um, I believe Corpus uh, actually from Corpus. I think he'll be in um, Sugarland pretty soon. Um, he's a third baseman, possibly going to switch to first when he gets to the majors. We we've had Sean Dubin on Sean Dubin's actually um, a New York kid. So, when we talked to him, he's he looked outside his window and he said he has about a foot of snow out there. So um, we've we've gotten to do that. We've got some things on the horizon. We're just grinding, working on bringing on some different interviews, bringing a different perspective. I don't really want to say what that is right now because it hasn't been finalized, like technically speaking. But we've got some really new aspects to our show that we're going to be bringing. Um, I, I think this 2022 season is going to be fun. I know you guys are Red Sox, man. You guys have an exciting infield i mean you guys got some studs on the infield with devers and dollback and and you know bogarts i mean i mean you yeah guys we just really, need a second we just really need a second baseman yeah well i mean here's the thing i mean i know astros fans will hate me for saying this but sign carlos and move xander to second and put carlos correa short you know, you know what <laughs> i i honestly not even gonna like say now because that's one thing that a lot of red sox fans want I honestly think he's going to end up staying with Houston. Uh, I think the teams that he'll end up going to are either he'll go back to Houston. Uh, there's a chance he could go to the Dodgers and there's always that, you know, chance he could be in pinstripes. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing that, that is the one thing I wouldn't want. Um, and, and I don't know. I wouldn't want to see him as a Dodger either though. Yeah, see, see, here's the thing. I don't, I don't think the Dodger thing is as realistic as a lot of people are making it. Um, you know, I know people think that the Cubs are out, but I don't think the Cubs are out. Um, you know, I don't think a team's first offer is ever their final offer. Um, I think it's realistic that he go to the Cubs. I, I thought he was going to end up in Arlington until they signed Seager and Simeon, 
I was like, what? that was crazy. Yeah. So like, basically we have two angels teams. We have, we have the, we have the Anaheim angels or the law. I'm sorry. The Los Angeles angels of Anaheim, which is still yeah, confusing. Makes sense of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, why, why can't they be the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim and San Diego County? You know what I'm saying? It's like, what are they doing out there? <laughs> Just, 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 it should just be the California Angels. Exactly. California Angels, just whatever, you know, like, like, I didn't even know the Golden State Warriors were in Oakland until a few years ago, until they were like relevant, right? I mean, I didn't even know that when Tim Hardaway was playing, like, I didn't know where they were. I was like, they're in the Golden State, like, maybe it's just, anyways, I digress. But we essentially got two angels teams in the West. We've got the Rangers who are trying to be the angels of 2022 because they signed all this pitching. I mean, all this hitting and they still have no pitching. Um, and then, but you know, in, in our division, I really think it's, it's, it's a race between the Astros and the Mariners. I I think the Mariners are going to be a very formidable opponent. I think the Mariners have a lot going. I was shocked that they didn't squeeze their way into the playoffs just like I was shocked that the Blue Jays just kind of fell off and and just, you know, poo-pooed their opportunity away. Because I would have much rather see a Red Sox and Blue Jays like playoff game. I, did, I just think it would I just think Blue it'd Jays would have destroyed us. You, well, okay. I think you guys could have come out on top though. I'm just saying I think it would have been more exciting. I think the storylines would have been more exciting. But nothing I, sells. Know, nothing sells like Red Sox Yankees World. You're uh, right. It card. does. It does. But you know, at, outside of New York and Boston, everyone's like, "Okay, we've seen this before." But what I loved, and and now let me just preface this: it's this is not a malicious thought. I have no hate. Look, I mean, if you look over here, I even have a Garrett Cole signed Astros picture that got signed in person. I don't hate Garrett Cole. I mean, he went and got his money. But I was like, I mean, this guy was supposed to be your savior. And, and and he apparently something was wrong when he went into that start. And I mean, he, he just, he looked, he looked pedestrian and I was really shocked. Um, I would have liked for the Astros um, to play against Garrett Cole um, and, and beat him in the playoffs. I would have liked to have seen that. Not that I wanted you guys to be the victim of that game loss, but I'm just saying like, Everyone's like, all right, because when Cole came to Houston, man, he freaking, he, he came in and meant business. I mean, that's when he shouted Boone off the mound, told him, don't pull me, I'm staying in. And, you know, he's got that ultra competitive spirit that you'd like to have. Um, yeah, he's he's the, he's what you would expect out of your ace, except when it comes to a playoff game, that is a, uh, you know, winner go home. And he just, he literally shit his pants. Yeah, he did. I was I was shocked. I was like, "Wait, why are they pulling him so early?" Like, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, a, it apparently was, something wasn't right. Yeah, obviously. I mean, if the guy's not pitching well, and the th- and the biggest problem of all, like, is the fact that it was against your biggest rival. You're sitting here. You got this sign from like when you were 12 years old or whatever. A Yankees fan now, then, and forever or whatever it said, and you just you literally just shit your pants. It actually, if you look at it closely, it says I still listen to Locked On Astros. <laughs> um, I actually have evidence of that. I'll have to find it and retweet that at some point just to remind the people um, that he is a man of the show. And I mean, he's always welcome to come on anytime. 
Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, <laughs> I would definitely uh, raz that one. Uh, if, if he came on and you guys did a live YouTube show. So, um, H town, Brent, what, uh, what do you, what have you been doing, uh, in the off season to keep yourself occupied with, uh, you, you've been watching some of the Dominican league. Uh, you guys have been, um, doing some, uh, doing three episodes a week, which is absolutely insane. Um, to me, how long are your episodes? Um, we, we go about 30 minutes and we okay. do, we do at least one of them live. Um, we um, will interact. The people can can watch us. They can chat. They can they can ask us questions. You know, we have trolls come in every once in a while. We just block those guys and girls. But for the most part, we have a really good time. Um, I, I I've just been diving in. I've actually just started writing again. Um, a, a friend of mine on Twitter called Larry the GM um, is is this is this brilliant mind and I started writing for him and I came up with my own sabermetric because I I hate sabermetrics in that there there's a lot of stuff that I don't understand so I came up with H war instead of B war and F war or whatever there's there's H H town war that's right <laughs> and what it is and and I'll give you a, a quick 45 second synopsis and you could have H war for every Boston Red Sox player what it is is H war is the player's four best years at that position and their worst year at that position with the same ball club. And you get the total number. Some of them have a negative cumulative total. Okay. And then you take every person at that position who has had at, at least five years in your club's history oh, and, you, and you determine, no. And all you're doing is adding the war. All you're doing is adding the war. You add the war together for the four best years and the worst year. And that accumulative score is your H ward. That tells you who is the best person all time at that position. And it spans across eras. Cause I think one of the biggest things is when you, when you compare players from different eras, it's not really fair. So what you do is you take, see, here's the thing. Joe Morgan was at a disadvantage. Why? Because Joe Morgan's best years were in Cincinnati. He won two MVPs, but his H war was lower and get this, Craig Biggio squeaked out a win with 0.5 percentage points over Altuve. Altuve, though, one or two more years will overtake Craig Biggio as the H uh, as the H War champion. You'll have to write that down for me. <laughs> well, hey, I'm telling you, if you go to LarryTheGM.com and look up um, H-Town Wheelhouse's War on Sabermetrics, you will find it um, entertaining. Um, I've referenced 90s hip-hop. 
Um, I just make it fun for everybody. So I'm doing that. Um, I'm making contact with some of our minor league clubs, trying to line things up for this next season. We've got some things we're trying to line up with some um, Latin American players, add a new dimension to our show that we don't have in on any other podcast that I see across the country. And so, you know, I think the sky's the limit. The off season for us is just like what players are doing. Um, I'm fine tuning my craft. I'm, I'm reading articles. Um, I'm listening to other podcasts. I'm reaching out to people, just grinding, trying to find new guests. Um, and I'm also coaching. I, I coach and I teach and my girls basketball team is six and oh, and I actually just posted, I just posted my, my top point guard. Apparently I didn't even know this. she has like highlight films and, and um, one of them is from our most recent win. We played another, another undefeated team. And so we're six and oh, and, we're trying to take this district by storm and it's, I'm, I'm just having a blast coaching girls basketball. Um, my son's involved in basketball and you know, that's what we're doing. We're just uh, staying busy because we're crossing our fingers that they come to an agreement and we don't have a shortened season. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that we actually get a, a full season. It doesn't look like that's going to happen, but yeah, uh, I mean, when you have Tony Clark and uh, Manfred both, you know, trying to uh, come up with a solution or whatever so that we can get the CBA situated. I don't think it's going to be as long as everybody else believes it's going to be. I think that uh, by the end of middle of March, I, I think we'll have something going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think they'll even be willing to cut spring training by two weeks. I mean, think about yeah. that. That makes sense. Okay, so I pulled it up. You got your H war. Uh, it was posted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. You know what? Here's the thing. Honestly, it is a simplified sabermetric. It is basically you don't. All you have to do is add add like numbers. You don't have to have an algorithm. You don't have to do some quadratic equation. Because I'm a history teacher, bro. I am not a math guy. Um, you know. My wife does all the math. She's the she's the engineer in the family. She does all the calculus and all that stuff. So my son's in like honors math, dude. I don't help him with his homework. He's like, Daddy, any help? I'm like, go to mathnasium or talk to your mom because that ain't your guy. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks so much for coming on and uh, celebrating our 100th episode. Yeah, man. Congratulations. Uh, you guys uh, do a great job. Keep it up. Yeah, we're, you know, we're trying, man. Hundred episodes. I I remember the first one like it was yesterday. I really, and I would have never figured that we would be at a hundred by now. But uh, I, I appreciate you so much. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I will definitely be reaching out to you, having you come on uh, once the Red Sox face the Astros and we whoop that definitely. ass. Um, <laughs> now easy, easy now, easy. I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, you know, here's the thing though. I, I like the Red Sox and Astros matchup because I think they play each other very competitively and it's not the rivalry of the Yankees, but you guys are one of my favorite teams to play in the playoffs because I think we always match up so well. The, the one thing that I didn't like about the, uh, the ALCS was when uh, Erod did that. He did the time thing to, to uh, Carlos Correa. Yeah, and that, that was kind of... literally that was the last time the Red Sox won. Yeah, that, that you know, karma has a way of biting you in the ass, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. All right, man. Thanks so much for coming on. I'll definitely reach out to you and be talking to you some more uh, in the 2022 season. Hopefully we get one in. And uh, take it easy, man. 
Hey, man, you too, brother, and y'all uh, stay safe and stay warm up there in the Northeast. Will do. All right. Thanks to H-Town Wheelhouse of Locked on Astros. <clears throat> A fun guy to talk to, especially when it comes to shitting on each other when it is, when the Red Sox and the Astros are playing each other. So, um, good yeah. stuff. It, it is good stuff. Good boy. And if there's anybody out there that wants to check out another podcast when it comes to like a different team or something, definitely check out Lockdown Astros, uh, H-Town Wheelhouse, and his uh, the other co-host. Uh, I forgot who it was. Uh, they it's fun. They they kind of have something similar to what we do. Uh, they don't swear like we do. No cussing. Um, no cursing. No cursing there. Uh, Hogdale's internet is not elite right now. No, my internet is S tier, God tier elite. Good point. It checks out. Yes, <laughs> it checks out. At least it's not like mine, where I'm like in the middle of making a point. And it's just like it's always the best point too. You're like, and I'm gonna tell you yes. something, and I'm gonna <laughs> fucking internet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, we've got we've got two more to go through. We've got Rob Bradford, I believe that. Uh, that recording was about 20 minutes. Um, about five of it was him fucking, uh, him fucking around with his headset and whatnot. But I definitely want to say thank you to Rob Bradford for coming on. Uh, he was in the middle of, of driving, actually. He was driving and like, uh, every time he'd stop, he'd be like, Hey, are, are you still there? Or you're, I'll be, I'll be ready in like five minutes. And uh, he took time out to, you know, bullshit with me, uh, talk a little bit about Red Sox and whatnot. And uh, he he congratulated us <clears throat> on having 100 episodes, which is fantastic. Uh, and the last uh, recording person that I sat down and talked to was Sox South, um, he, Bill, who we all know. And uh, he's a very good guy. He's come on a couple times. He's He sat in on an episode once in a while. And... Um, He's a fun guy to talk to. So, <clears throat> Brady, did you find anything else out while we were in the middle of the uh, that 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 recording with H Town? I, I have the answers to every question in life that you could ever throw at me now. Like I'm, I'm set. So, what are you doing on Valentine's Day? Uh, I have a the perfect wife who. Oh my fucking Christ! You're only saying that because she's going to listen to this. You know what though? Not really. Because I've been with Jen long enough that she goes, I don't want to go out to dinner on Valentine's Day because I hate fixed menus. I'm like, my girl. So I don't want roses at Valentine's Day because they've been sitting, they're going to be dead within, you know, 24 hours, right? That's actually very practical. Yeah. Utilitarian approach. You know, it's great. It's great. So uh, chocolate-covered strawberries, we'll order in a little bit. and uh, You going to grow the mustache out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's oh, a possibility. Man. That's a maybe. Possibly. <laughs> maybe. Perhaps. It's possible. Now I'll get like one of those like stick like 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 stick ones on. You know what I mean? Like breaking case of emergency. Like oh shit, put it on real quick. Yeah. All right. So before we actually go into the Bradford uh, recording, I want to bring out our newest segment. Uh, we started this actually a couple weeks ago, but now we have an intro to the segment. 
Uh, Brady, did you end up finding finding that dumb tweet? Sure did, Brad. All right, let's get into it. It is time for the dumbest tweet of the week. Or how many Earth places are there in the solar system? Earth places? The round uh, planets. Oh, girl. Hydrogen is at the top of the food chain. Solar system. Periodic table. What is a hydrogen? Hydrogen peroxide. I am the number one most impactful artist of our generation. I am a unicorn. So before we start talking about the dumbest tweet of the week, is Hogdale frozen? Oh, he looked frozen. No. Uh, before we start talking about the dumbest tweet of the week, there's actually a couple of things I wanted to talk about with that recording and that picture. First of all, that picture, that graphic was done by Eric. I don't know how to say his last name, so I'm not even going to attempt it. He showed me that graphic, and I was like, who the fuck is that guy above me? And he goes, that's Brady. I was like, the fuck it is? And he's like, no, that is definitely Brady. I, I was like, Brady doesn't have a fucking Fu Manchu. He's like, nope, go check his Facebook. And lo and behold, I fucking go and check your Facebook. And you had a fucking full-on Fu Manchu. You grew a COVID beard, and then you went with a fucking goatee. Then you went with the Fu Manchu. And holy shit, dude. It made, I seriously didn't realize that was you. Sure did, pal. Uh, when I saw that, I literally... I literally fell out of bed laughing and because uh, like I didn't expect this at all. You know what I mean? Like this is – you know what? Nice job, Eric. Like sleuth work. Yeah, I tried I mean, like, a little fun through the, was your, through the quarantine. Was, was, was your good. goal like to, you know, apply to be a new member of the village people? Like, was that the goal when you were growing that thing out? You know, when you're a guy who doesn't grow like a big, long, thick beard and you do, cause I'll send you the, I'll send you the other stages as well. Okay. And, and when you, when you do it, you know, you gotta have a little fun with it. And, uh, I, I just wanted to see every version of my possible self and, uh, <laughs> dude, you got, next time you gotta version. do chops that one right there. Mm, mutton chops. Mutton chops. Yep. Yeah, you got to do that. So there's a couple other things as well. So I started, I guess, editing th- that video, whatever, with the music and whatnot. And when I found the, when I put it together and I found the one where it was P. Diddy who said, I am a unicorn. I literally almost pissed myself. I was like, this <laughs> definitely has to be a part of it. And the other part in the graphic that is fantastic, and I don't know if anybody else noticed, but Sapphire Hogdale's <laughs> dog is actually in it. And it's funny as fuck because she's sitting there like, what the fuck? So let's, uh, let's, let's hear the dumbest tweet of the week, Brady. Okay. So remember, we're going to keep everything anonymous here. That's the way we do it. Okay. Right. So the original thread was, the Red Sox hired an analytics company to optimize game start times, mostly starting in 2023, it sounds like. Boston.com ran a, a poll asking when the Red Sox should start on weeknights. Okay, innocent enough, gave us some information. 45% at 6 p.m., 28% at 6.30 p.m., 22% at 7 p.m., and 5% at 7.30. I don't want to see... I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to see a game start at six o'clock. Six thirty is fine. Yeah, six thirty. Checks out. 
Yep. Uh, give us the dumbest tweet. So in response to that, the dumbest tweet of the week, and I'm going to read it verbatim, okay? Yes. I'm hoping Manfred changes all games from nine innings to three innings, in which case you can play triple headers, separate admission, of course, which start at 7 p.m. and end at 9.30 p.m., if hopefully batters get one strike and two balls. Yes. This is the way. <laughs> That's great, Hogdale. I, I do like the response to it, though, where so many girls, most batters already have two balls. <laughs> oh, dumbass motherfuckers. I can't. All right. It was good. With one, so just one ball in the league, and if there is, do they call them the side box? <laughs> I'm asking the real questions, you know? Gary One Ball Johnson? He's great. Oh, oh my God. Good old, one, good old One Ball. I actually knew a guy that was a, he was a catcher for the Mets of the Meyer Leagues, and uh, he one time was catching in spring training, and so he's just warming up. So he, he wasn't wearing. Correct. He did not have a cup on because he was just helping. I already knew where this oh, was no. going. <laughs> so he was helping what, and I, whatever, the, I don't know what the pitcher was, right? And some guys just warmed up. He's catching them, but the guy short hopped it, right? You know, delivered to the mound and he kind of, you know, the ball hit the dirt and ricocheted up into the man's goods. Mm-hmm. His man goods. And, uh, they went inside of him for two weeks. Oh. Uh, they swelled up inside of himself. Oh. And that's, that's the day so Harry funny. became half a sack Harry. <laughs> what an origin story. <laughs> so, word to the wise, if you're a catcher, always wear a car. You know, that, that definitely sounds like something we should have actually asked Brian. <laughs> I'll follow up with him. I'll, yeah, right. I'll I'll send a message to you. Be like, quick question, Rye. Yeah. Did you ever take a, a, a dirt hop up to the balls? <laughs> <laughs> to the boys, you have to call them the boys. You can't call them the balls. You got to call them the boys. Yeah, the boys. Like, did you? Did you like one day not show? Maribelli did that shit. <laughs> you don't do that twice, though, right? Nope. If you do that twice, you're a fucking asshole. Once is dumb. It was when uh, they did the police escort. They traded for him. I was at that and, game. Yeah, they traded for him, and he didn't have a cup on when he was catching. I believe it was the first inning, and then Wakefield was like, "Hey, man, where are you going?" He's like, "I didn't have a cup on that entire time." <laughs> if you fouled the ball off, right, and the guy yeah. got a piece of it. Nope, that you're done. Check out. That no, does not check out. <laughs> I'd rather get rather get hit in the face. Yep, that checks out. <laughs> oh, a thousand times over. I'd rather just hit 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 a fucking umpire. Speaking of umpires, Joe West finally retired. Now, now, are we clapping sarcastically, or are we clapping because you know the guy uh, umped fucking five thousand something games? I'm gonna play the fifth. And I'm gonna be disgusted. Uh, I'm just glad that. Uh, Joe West is ready to enjoy the next phase of his life. I mean, he did. Was it him at second base who who uh, called Dave Roberts safe? I believe so. I don't. Yeah. Wow, is it? That's great. 
I didn't know that. So, I mean, how can we really hate Joe West? Also, also he was in right field when uh, Mookie Betts went to go catch the, uh, the, the what would have been a home run mm-hmm. uh, if he didn't catch it. Whatever. The Houston Astros in 2018, I believe it was, when the fan interfered with his oh, yeah. He called that fan interference, and then they went and replayed it, and it showed that when he was reaching back, there's a possibility he would have caught it, but because his his glove hit the fan and it closed his glove, they called that interference. So, all right, um, we're gonna play uh, the recording with Rob Bradford. Um, that's that's about twenty minutes, guys. I'm just giving you a heads up. So uh, we'll be back after that. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brad here with me today. I have Rob Bradford from WEEI. How are we doing? Oh, man, I couldn't be any better. Are you kidding me? Who who doesn't like a good lockout, right, Brad? I mean, oh. like, let's go. Yeah, it's uh, – hey, they're getting together on uh, Monday. We're pre-recording this. Uh, they're getting together on Monday to talk about it, and I'm just, like, not getting my hopes up. I know the Players Association is going to – have a rebuttal and say, Hey, this is what we want a counter offer. And uh, I think honestly, when you have two people like Rob Manfred and Tony Clark uh, in charge of, you know, either side, it's, it's not going to end well. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. No, you know, and I don't want to get too down the rabbit hole of lockout talk because I think it's, but, but, oh, hold on a second. Um, but, you know, you look at a, a quote that J.D. Martinez had told me in 2019 spring training, I thought was so telling, which was, he basically was saying that the last CBA, they were trucking along, they were making their money, the union was happy. So when the CBA came around, what they did is they prioritized things like bus rides and days off and things like that. And they told, and from the player's perspective, they totally got over. They felt like the, the owners got over on them in the last negotiating. So they're like, that's not happening again. So every time everyone like wants to look at the perspective of the players in this, remember that that they they thought they lost last time and they don't like losing. Neither side wants to lose. So we've got millionaires fighting against billionaires, basically. Hold on a second. Yep. Oh.
get some text messages. So you've been uh you've been doing your podcast as well. The uh is it is it live uh PP? Oh one one second, one second. Yep. Sorry about this. This 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 And like th- these guys are so like listen he's crazy but like yes. we need a little bit of crazy don't we right and we have a we have a co-host on our show who who has said that uh for a closer you need that like killer instinct you need somebody who's just absolutely crazy and he was he was saying like we should get someone like Papelbon because he literally had that crazy look and that lip thing it's like <laughs> It's true, it's true. But that was that was a that was a fun podcast to do. First of all, because I hadn't talked to him in a while. Like he kind of disappeared, you know. He you know he disappeared from. He was with the Nationals, and then he really didn't do much until he started doing Nesson a little bit this past year. Um, and then you know when I talked to him the other day, it was it was like nothing changed, man. Like we picked up right where we left off. Just all ki- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's just like all kinds of crazy, you know. It's like it was, it, it, and you know, it was also good. He's also honest. I mean, like he's talking about, you know, why he left the Red Sox, the chicken and beer stuff. The um, he's he's just he's honest about it, and and you know, when he's going obviously in the Hall of Fame, I don't think he understands, like, because he he said. He knows he's not getting the Hall of Fame this year, but you know I don't know if he's gonna get. I don't, you know, he's not getting in the Hall of Fame because it's he's not even gonna get it up probably enough votes to to keep them on the ballot. But you know when you're when you're putting guys in as he points out that dom you want guys who will dominate the era and he certainly he dominated an era. I mean, there's no question about it. He was people shouldn't forget how good he was. Well, he holds the saves record for uh, both the Red Sox and the Phillies, correct? Right. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I feel like after the Bryce Harper situation, he kind of just, like, disappeared. Well, I mean, he, he first of all, he wasn't he, he wasn't good. I mean, that was part of the problem with the Nationals at the end with the Nationals. And as he pointed out, it turns out, like, he had a tear in his shoulder. Um where and is you know he said he's like I would have had to come back I would have had to do minor league rehabs I, I would have had to yeah had to uh, ease my way back he had no interest in that so um, yeah he's just I, I would love to see him on some like game broadcast and I, I it's funny Brad because a lot of these guys are so hesitant to do the game broadcasts on Nesson the former players. Um, which they shouldn't be, but they are. I mean, they're so hesitant. It's not that hard. It's not. I look at it this way. Uh, when Eck started doing it, I wasn't a huge fan. Like when he was doing um, the color commentary um, with Remy, rest in peace. And, uh, or I don't know if he did it with Orsello, but I know he's been doing it with O'Brien. Yo, sure. I, didn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't a fan of it when when he first started doing it and now it's like i want i want Eck all the time i want him all the time one of the, one of the players that we were discussing about this uh 
probably about a month ago, um, Johnny Gomes. I think he tries a little too hard when he was when he was doing uh, Nessum. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's the more you do it, and the the you know, obviously, the easier it is. I mean, for that goes with everything. And Gomes has a great personality, and I think that you know, it's it's just figuring out sort of. You know what? What level? What kind of? What part of your personality that you want to do? What that? Because you want to be the guy who analyzes. You want to be the guy who entertains, and Eck does all of that, right? I mean, Eck is Eck is great. Yet, yet at the same time, a lot of players don't like Eck because they feel like he's too honest. And this is one of the. And I was talking to someone about this yesterday. Is that the players? It's a tough one. Because the players know that the players in the clubhouse are watching them. And they also know that the, the immediate response is going to be, well, don't they know? Like, they know how hard it is to play this game. But you can't look at it that way. You have to be critical. You have to be, hey, listen, I'm talking about it from the guy sitting, sitting on his couch. And I think that's what Eck does. Right? Yeah. Eck reacts. His reaction to the stuff is how you and I would react on the couch, right? That, I yeah. think that would be the best advice I could give anybody. Right. I, it, it goes back to, like, the Eckersley thing. I think the biggest uh, biggest person who had a problem with him was Price, and it stemmed down from, I believe it was Eduardo Rodriguez. He had a bad outing, and then uh, Eck was like, ugh, because his ERA well, was blown yeah, up. Yeah, well, but, but I think it was, honestly, it was before that. I mean, it was – you would be surprised at how many players took issue with Eck being honest. And that's on the players. You know, that's on the players. We, You know, I just had Christian Arroyo on the podcast, and we're talking about Remy. And, you know, he said, like, his first, like, introduction to Remy on the broadcast was Remy sort of taking him into task for something. And Arroyo said – he said, it made me want to be better. I mean, like, I, I had to, like, I had to basically, I had to, like, do what he's saying I wasn't doing. And he really appreciated it. And that's the attitude that these more guys should take. So, uh, yeah, man, like, I could tell you, broadcast is an interesting thing because, you know, it really is an interesting thing because I do think it's changing so much. Um, and uh, right. so, you know, I could, again, this may be for a whole entirely different podcast. And so I, I'm, I'm not going to keep you too long here. I got a couple of questions for you. Sure. So uh, MLB or was it ESPN? ESPN just announced uh, recently that they're going to do a Manning cast type thing. And they're going to have A-Rod and Michael K. What are your opinions on that? I'm not a big A-Rod guy. You know, I don't like, you forget about, you know, listen, I voted for for the Hall of Fame. As you should. I mean, yeah, I mean it's 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 I I, I have uh, again the Hall of Fame's a whole another conversation too. But also congratulations. Yeah, I know they kicked me out of the organization. I came back to actually vote. So um, it was an honor. It's an honor to vote. You know, anybody you know leaves their ballot blank or doesn't do the proper amount of research. Like you have to understand. Like it's a it's an honor to vote. And it takes 10 years, consecutive, consecutive years, in the organization to vote. So everyone should put their best foot forward, much like when you vote for the MVP or Cy Young or anything else like that. Don't half-ass it, you know? Like, 
like actually put some time into it. And so I'm not, the way I approached it was I'm, listen, I'm, I'm not going to, whatever was off the field, personality, whatever. No, this is about baseball. This is about what I saw. And the guy, and, and Coop, who does, uh, helps me with the podcast, I thought he had a great, great take on this, which was he's about 24, 25 years old. And he said, all these guys who are up now, he's like, these are the guys that helped me fall in love with baseball. And like, okay, you know, you have PDs and you have all this, but like, that's a powerful thing. And he's like, I want to show my kids these guys in the Hall of Fame. And certainly A-Rod's one of them. But to come back to your question, I don't like A-Rod on the broadcast. I think he's stiff. I don't, I think he's, I think he doesn't put the time in. Um, so, uh, you know, he's stating the obvious a lot. I, that's my opinion. I like, it's just, you know, it, it's a subjective business, but I, it's my opinion. I don't think, I think they're, I'm sure that they, they have ratings that show that there's a following for A-Rod and they like him and they're going to do the Manning casting. And it's fine. I think that's a good idea. I, you know, I think that we should all explore maybe, uh, you know, whether it's radio or TV, things like that, because. You know, one thing, Brad, is that I look at the broadcast, I wonder, I wonder how much, like, the Manning cast, that sort of dynamic, is going to actually impact the traditional broadcast, you know? Yeah. If, so, if, if, you, if you have, if you keep doing these offshoot internet things, it's like podcasts, right, and radio. Well, you know, we, we can't just keep saying, go listen to the radio for four hours, it's like you did you know, 10 years ago, you have to, you have to embrace that. There's other things to listen to like podcasts. Exactly. And the thing with podcasting is you have more opinion, opinions and you're allowed to say whatever you want. Yeah. It's not segmented. It's, you know, it's, it's, listen, there's a value, there's a value to, to everything, but we can't ignore the, the way that things are going. And, and, you know, I look at the Manning casting as almost sort of a podcast dynamic when it comes to broadcast. And, you know, we're, I know that we will sit down at WEI and we'll sit down and we'll say, well, how, what can we do to tweak the, pro, the, the broadcast? Um, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy because you have to get in. So, you know, it, I'd be interested in your take on it. So I've been like for the last few years saying, listen, we have to be more conversational. People's attention spans are dwindling. It can't just be like, well, you know, here's the pitch and here's the stats and here's the pitch and here's the stats, right? Yeah. That, that you have to be. And a couple of years ago, they they somebody leaked out was stupid. It was like, oh, WEI wants the broadcast to be like a talk show. No, that wasn't having knowing all the particulars of those conversations. That was wrong. That was not accurate. They didn't want it to be like a talk show, but there was an understanding that they it need to be more conversational, and you can ha- you can get into conversations about a lot of things while still getting the pitches in. That's why, Brad, like I love doing spring training games because like you get to the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth innings of those games, we're not pretending and that we care about this, right? <laughs> right. I right. mean. We're talking about whatever's going on. I mean, we might even have a player come up in the booth. So it's it's. But I do think that it is changing. Um, 
And it'll be interesting to see how much it does change this year. I mean, I listen, I listen to EEI almost every day. Um, I'll listen to uh, the Greg Hill show, which I, I know you've taken over a couple times while uh, Greg was out. And, yeah, those um, are the highest rated shows. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, after the Greg Hill show, sometimes I'll just shut it off. Uh, it's because it's it, it ends up being the same um, uh, the same topics, and it's like I've already heard it, so I don't want to hear it again. I mean, I'll listen. I have E when I was working because I'm currently unemployed. When I was working, I was listening to EEI basically all day at work. So yeah. Well, but, um, well, first of all, thank you, and uh, you know, and I, I, I without you know getting into uh, you know the good and the bad or whatever, like I'm supportive of my entire team, Brad. I'm supportive of my entire team at WEI. But I will say this, it's a subjective business, right? Sure. Like it's subjective in, in we can, you know, some people like some things, other people like other things. It's, you know, the, honestly, the, if you ever knew how like ratings were measured, you'd be like, oh, that, that's, that's, that's awful. But everyone's playing under the same rules, but it's, I, I am a big proponent of, of always trying to figure out how things are changing. And I can tell you that not only things are changing in the last five years, in the last two years with the pandemic, I think things have changed even more. Right. And, and this is why your podcast has been so great. Podcasts like them is so great because like, we can have these conversations, right? We're not exactly. worried about 15-minute increments and hitting breaks and things like that. Right, exactly. So before I end up letting you go, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what you're you're up to during the lockout? Um, you've had some stuff going on as well. So, well, I'm, I'm coaching a high school basketball team, so <laughs> we had a one point loss last night. Uh, it, it's, I got two hours of sleep because of it. Uh, but no, it's uh, I um, you know, it's funny. I go into what I do is I. I basically wake up at 5.30 in the morning usually and I go to Starbucks and I sit there for four hours in the corner and work because I, I need ambient noise. And um, and people say, well, you know, the usual like small talk is, so what about the lockout? What's going on? And I mean, you know, in a season, Brad, like people have those sort of like small talk conversations. Oh, how about the Red Sox? What do you think they're going to do? Like, okay, I'll give you whatever, you know, my semblance of my opinion. With a lockout, I just say, I, I, I'm rude. I'm like, I'm flat out like, I have no idea. And neither does anyone else. Like, and, and so it's really like the way that I look at this is that a lot of people and a lot of writers are sort of like, oh, well, you know, we're, what are we going to do? There's nothing to do. There's a lockout. I look at it as an opportunity. I look at it as, as you know, this is. Like, we can have conversations because we don't have to get bogged down in the day-to-day. We, you know, we can, we can, and I've had a blast. You know, we've had, like you said, we've had on Hauk and Whitlock and Lester and Papelbon and Arroyo and Rich Hill and, and these guys. And you can, it's, you know, I think they're sitting around just working out and doing nothing. So why don't we talk about baseball? You know, I'm helping Joe Kelly do this this whole project baseball isn't boring and uh you know that's been a lot of fun so i couldn't imagine working with joe kelly oh uh, there's there's another crazy person yeah well but that's why we get a lot like that's because 
you know, I think it's, you know, with Joe, it, it really is about, and this is why we sort of like started this, is that we can't, we have to understand, like, it's okay to have fun. It's okay to, to, to not take yourself too serious. And, and obviously, like, you know, there's a million examples with him, but him showing up the White House with a mariachi jacket. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's not like, honestly, that, that's not for the Joe Kelly brand. That's just because, like, ah, what, you know, why not? Right. So, and, and so, you know, it's like, there's a lot of baseball gets so beaten down with demographic talk and, and lockout talk and everything else. But, you know, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to highlight some things and, well, like, hey, remember, this is why it's good. This is why it's fun. This is why we talk about it. So, uh, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, it's, I don't mind, it's, it's, it's been, it's been good. It's been, it's, it's been good. So we'll just keep waiting it out. When they do start up, I'll be down in spring training. I'll be helping out with the broadcast once again with Joe and Will. And, um, I love spring training. I love it. Um, great time just to like get to know players and people. So, uh, it's all good. And I'll be listening to your podcast. Congratulations, man. Congratulations. Yeah. It's, thank you. you know, and I and I, I think that this is a and you know this that you've already had a lot of success with this is that a lot of people say I'm going to do a podcast right? right I'm going to do a podcast and then they do it for a while they have fun and then it goes away right. like to do it as consistent as you did it or do are doing it like that's what makes it successful and that's not easy to do so good job. Well, Thank you. Uh, very much appreciated hearing it from someone like yourself. Uh, Brad Fro, thank you so much for coming on for the uh, 100th episode. And I hope that we get to talk to each other during the uh, during the actual season. Yes, we, we will. And yes, if you know the pandemic is over when two things happen, which is we see Garrett Whitlock and Tanner Houck running, do, uh, racing in a running race, which they promised. Who do you think would win that race, by the way? We, we just, they, they promised on the podcast that they would actually race this, race each other. Whitlock versus Hauk. Whitlock seems to have the, a longer legs. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm going to have to go with Whitlock. But for some reason, like, I'll pick Whitlock and, like, Hauk will smoke him. You know what I mean? <laughs> But yeah, I, I'll, I'll stick with my dude. I, I'm going to stick with Whitlock. All right, I'm putting you in that category. Well, it's we had uh, Christian Arroyo picked Hulk. I think it's it's we're going to do this race for charity. A lot of smack talk. That's good. So, um, 
Yes, and the other one will be doing a podcast at spring training, uh, the Time Arm Tradition at Twin Peaks Restaurant down in Fort Myers. Right. Um, and hopefully, usually it was always with Rick Porcello and Joe Kelly, um, which uh, let's just say that um, the end was a lot uh, more looser than the beginning um, because because um, because of Coronas, the good kind of Coronas. And so... Uh, yeah, but so that's when we know things will be back to normal. But yeah, anytime, anytime. I always love talking with you and let me know if I can help in any way and um, I'll be listening. Absolutely. I actually have a question for you off air. So sure. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Rob. All right. Thanks. All right, guys. Uh, come on. Uh, unmute. You got to unmute yourself there, uh, Brady. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> so, he's on, I got him on. He seems like such yeah. a fun guy to talk to. He he definitely is. Seriously, probably one of the coolest like down to earth guys you you would ever talk to. He uh, he enjoys talking baseball, you know, and you could just hear it in that that interview or the the recording and whatnot. It's just it's just so much fun to talk to him. Um, <clears throat> I've not, I haven't met him in person. Uh, still trying to do that. And just to be like, hey, Brad, for, is Brad for the past report? And he'd be like, oh, some security. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were Guys taller. Like, <laughs> I didn't realize you were so fat. <laughs> Guys like him are cool, though, because, like, you know, a lot of, like, you know, media guys, especially, like, when you're as, like, working at a place like Nesson, like him, they kind of, like, turn their noses up at a lot of podcasters. But clearly he's mm-hmm. not that kind of guy. Or he just, you know, he, he just takes it in, like, this kind of stuff. He's just like, oh, yeah, it's the new era of media. This is kind of what's happening. I mean, he does podcasting, too. So. Exactly. Yeah. Some people, like, yeah. people turn their nose Brady actually – right, they do. But, uh, Brady, you actually missed part of uh, that recording where we were talking. I gave you credit saying that um, you – you think that uh, a closer has to be somebody who's like got that killer instinct and whatnot. And that's going to actually segue into our next little topic that we're going to talk about. And you and I'll probably end up fucking swearing at each other. I might mute you, might boot you out of the room once or twice. Can I request uh, the timeout room? I've had (laughs) a lot of shows. So like if you're going to do it, I'd prefer that. Just is that no. the timeout rule? No. What's the timeout rule? Do do do. It's got like a little beat, and then it plays like do 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 do. You know it. You put that me in the timeout. All of your guys' bullshit. Can you see from the background? Oh, I think I know what timeout room you're talking about. Yep, yeah, that that's puts, the one. That puts everybody in the timeout room. Oh, all right, all right. So okay. Fair enough. All right, so yesterday Brady and I got into an argument where I hope hopefully my internet doesn't fuck up when I say this. <laughs> yes, that's so angry. Where I wanted to fucking punch my computer screen because he was pissing me off. <laughs> but we were talking about uh, how the Tampa Bay Rays use a closer by committee. And Brady came out and he was like, well, Name me one team in the past decade that didn't have a closer. Go ahead. I actually said, name 
a number of teams, not just a team, but tell me the number of teams in the last decade that have won without having a set established closer that have won a World Series. Not that they were good, but actually but the, have a ring. That's the, it. The, the the problem with your suggestion mm-hmm. is is that is you're saying like a closer they had a closer during the actual season. Mm-hmm. And my my uh my point is is that there are closures that just fucking fail during the postseason. So what they did during the season doesn't mean shit. So your thing is, is like the, the uh, Rays haven't been able to get to the world series and win it all, mm-hmm. which, okay. But if a closer who's a legitimate closer, say just throwing it out there, Mariano Rivera, greatest closer of all time. Right. But if he couldn't do what he did during the actual season in the postseason, that doesn't mean shit. Oh, I agree. No, no, and no. That's, and that's where I'm coming from is because the Tampa Bay Rays use the closure by committee and they still make it to the postseason. Whether or not they make it past that or win the World Series is like whatever. But I'm talking about like the season, you know? No, my thing is this one is I've heard enough interviews from uh, not just Red Sox players, but guys in the pen when they know their job and that they know on the eighth, on the ninth, on on the seventh inning, I'm I'm another seventh. Like when they know their spot, it kind of it does set a pecking order, right? And and that they know their roles, they know their jobs. And the truth is, a majority of the teams that we went through in the last decade have gone into with a set closer. And the truth is, the 2018 Red Sox won a World Series. Be, they had a set close, but Craig Kimbrell went to shit, right? But like, don't don't even don't forget about 2013 either, because Koji Koji was a set closer though. He was not the original set closer. I agree, but by well, later in the, the season, he was still the guy. Every in ninth inning, well, here's yeah. the ball. I want the Boston Red Sox to have a guy. That they go, you're the ninth inning guy. It doesn't mean it has to be. Uh, you know, th- this huge paid high end star. If Garrett Whitlock's that guy, great. If it's Hauk, awesome. If it's someone from outside the organization, cool. But that's someone needs. Way, to... I don't think that that's the way baseball is going nowadays, though. But who who's successful by winning a championship that would suggest that? that I believe doesn't, doesn't mean a championship. The Rays are successful using the closer by committee. You're absolutely right. But I live now in a new age of Boston Red Sox baseball where I don't want to just win 96 games, make the postseason, and lose in the postseason. I want to win a fucking World Series. And so tell me, tell me all these legit closers that, uh, cause obviously there's not just like five or six yeah, yeah. fucking closers that were, were elite. Mm-hmm. But the, if that's the case, then tell me the other closers who were a set closer that failed. Well, I'm looking here. Let's just go last year. Will Smith was the established closer for the world champions, Atlanta Braves. All right. So who was the established closers for, uh, the, uh, the Astros? Who was the, they didn't, Ryan Presley, but because they didn't really, that was their, they just kind of went to that, uh, that Presley was the guy. Okay. Uh, but they did have Ryan Presley. That that also proves my point. But that's not a closer by committee. But that right. was not a closer by committee if they say, Presley, you're the closer. Right. So if he was the closer and he failed, that, that doesn't, that doesn't check out either. Genuinely, no, I no, just no. think this whole commentary thing is just like, yeah, good teams have good bullpens. 
But I, I think it's so much more than just that, though. It, it's the idea of one guy knowing that I'm going to get the last three outs in the ninth inning. Their innings are not made equally. Will Smith, I brought it up last year, made 11 appearances in the postseason and had six saves and six save opportunities. That's a closer. That's not a star closer, but that allows the eighth inning guy to slide down a peg. Everyone needs to know their job and their role. Just like if I, I'm a backup first baseman, I think, you know, a lot of guys, you look at, uh, what's Kike? Kike made it clear at the end of the season. He doesn't want to be bouncing around center field, second base, shortstop. He can, but he just would much prefer put me in center field. And I really do think there's a lot of guys in the bullpen that would, would like to say, am I, I'm the eighth inning guy? All right, I'm the ninth inning guy. I'm the seventh inning guy. And that can change, right? If you don't have a, a, an elite closer, one can emerge. But when you get to the postseason, you need a guy who's that ninth inning so, alpha male closer. Let me ask you a question. And I know you hate the fucking guy. Mm-hmm. But Matt Barnes in the first half of the season, he was the closer. Yep. And he was good. And he shit the bed. Right. My, so, the problem with that is this one is you've heard everyone who covers the Red Sox and every fan. It's not just like you have to be a baseball insider. No, the guy burns out every year around August something. You can't count on someone who's, who needs protection and, and you got to bubble wrap them because if you're on a hot streak and you're winning five games in a row, but they're all close games, you might need your closer back-to-back days with a day off and hope your eighth inning guy can do it, and then another back-to-back days. You can't bubble wrap your closer and go, oh, well, you know, he's going to burn out. Matt Barnes is – if Matt Barnes is right, he's a very important member to, to that bullpen, but he can't be the anchor. He might make the difference between being a really good or a great bullpen if Matt Barnes is right, but you can't count on him for the whole season and say, you're our ninth inning guy. He just, he shows he's not that guy. He can't make it through a full 162 and be the same pitcher. That's not to say that he doesn't have value. I, I might hate the guy personally, but that doesn't mean that he's not a talented pitcher and their bullpen's better with Matt Barnes than without Matt Barnes. Having said that, someone, whether it's Garrett Whitlock, Tanner Houck, uh, you know, uh, Ian Kennedy, Hansel Rope, someone has to be the guy and goes, you earned it. You're, you're the closer. And really, when you look at it historically now in the last 10 years, the Red Sox, the 2018 Red Sox are probably the only team that went into the postseason that you can look back on that did not have a set closer and won the World Series. But they did have a set closer. They went into the postseason clearly not having a set closer because Craig Gumbel, they gave him an opportunity. So you're talking about a set closer in the postseason. I'm talking about yeah. the entire season? Like a set closer season throughout throughout. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, find me. The playoffs come around. Like you want to have one guy that you go to. Like this is our guy. This is who we're going to. You want to end games. You want to end games because we. You've heard Peter talk about before. But to to shit on the way that the Tampa Bay Rays were were doing. I don't think uh, it's shitting on them. I think in the end, though, I don't remember what game the the Rays bullpen blew it against the Red Sox uh, in the series postseason. Correct. You. But they were fucking. They were. They were right on. But here's yeah, the difference is more on the Rays not being able to score any runs and give their pitching no support. Like they Yeah, no, no. I'm not I, what I'm saying is just generally don't look at the Rays and say just the Rays. You, well, every I mean, team that's brought up the, 
we brought up the Rays simply because that's how that's where Bloom came from. Right, but you look at I think it was 2016 or 2015. The Royals won the World Series. Wade Davis was a hell of a closer that year. There was a set closer going into the postseason. When you go to 2017, it's the Astros. Off the top of my head, I believe that was uh, it may have been uh, the Osuna. Right, and yeah, 2000. I think Osuna came in 2018. He may have. So I'm not. Maybe I'm not. Merrill thought in my head of who's the closer for that team. Uh, 2019. The was the Nats one, and they had Sean Doolittle. He was their he was their closer. 2020, the Dodgers win. They have Ken, Kenley Jansen. Uh, 2014, I want to say was the Giants with Sergio Romo. 2013 Boston Red Sox Koji Uhara was the primary he was the he was the closer he was the established closer by the time the playoffs One came of those around dominant postseasons of any closer as well and we knew who the closer was we knew when the ninth inning came there was no get cute mix and match Koji was not pitching the seventh inning because the best guys were coming up nope he but was pitching the ninth inning the 2017 Astros Ken Giles there you go. Yep, who had an elite arm before before getting his elbow all fucked up. So you have to really go back far, far, far to find teams that win World Series that don't have an established closer. I don't know. I stopped after 2011 because I only found the 2018 Red Sox as a team that ultimately was successful in the postseason, winning the whole thing, that did not have an established closer. I think That's you can win their regular season. Well, I, I, like, I do believe... I agree with you that in the postseason, there should definitely be an established – someone should be the closer guy. That should be that person. Mm-hmm. But I, during the season, I don't think that that's, that's – I case. think during the and, season – And the Rays prove that. I think during the regular season, you can you can have a, a number a, – a one, one A, one B. But eventually, come latter part of August – you need to know your roles and make sure that, that those guys can settle in. Cause you need, Adam Adovino had to save opportunities, you know, this past year before Matt Barnes ran with it. You have to have a guy to be able to back him up a little bit. Sorry, I thought that was just I agree. too funny. <laughs> I, it was, no, it was well timed. Good, good point. Yo, know, I, I just think, yo, know, and I do believe that closers actually do grow on trees. Right, Koji Ahara was the seventh inning guy. After Andrew Bailey and Joel Hanrahan both flamed out, Koji took that role by storm. Somebody needs to take the job by storm. Have you ever? Were you at any of the games that year when uh, when Koji became the closer? I was at the clinching game in 2013. <laughs> so I I ended up actually um, meeting Koji. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I asked him for a high five, and I was disappointed. I you're didn't get a, the high five where it felt like my arm was going to fucking break off. You're not a teammate. My yeah. favorite high five that he ever did was the Shane Victorino one where he, like, fucking punched him in the chest. It's true. Red Sox legend, Shane Victorino. Eat your heart out, Phillies. If, if the Sox signed Ian Kennedy, who, by the way, came off a good year last year, uh, would you guys be let, let's say one year seven or eight million dollar deal? Yeah. Would you be against that move? Whatever Heim goes with, I will go with because I, oh, really I have, hate that. I believe in whatever oh. move he'll make. Oh god, that's don't you can't go completely with that logic. He's got to he's got to win a ring, and then maybe you, you want to jump into that. He can't be he can't be bulletproof uh, w- without winning the ultimate prize. 
You earn shit about high man. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. <laughs> no, let me be clear. I I love Heimblum. He rebuilt a Red Sox team that was supposed to be like in the pits of mediocrity and brought him to uh, you know, an ALCS in year like, you know, what two? This is your two. I'm sure Alex Cora had a little bit to say about that too. No, it's all Bloom. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bl- you know, Alex Bloom's Cora, great at getting the best out of players. Bloom or I mean, uh, Cora did a really good job, you know, bringing Hunter Renfro in, you know, that signing, you know, great signing by Alex Cora. Um, bringing in, you know, bringing in Robles and Austin De- and uh, Big Fudge at the trade deadline. Uh, great Alex Cora move. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Are you being serious or are you being facetious? So, so Hunter Renfro having his best year of his career, you don't think has any – you had Ryan LaVarne on telling you how good Terry Francona was at making every player on a roster feel important. Right and so Alex Cora, uh, the, for sure. So I mean, it, it's a t- it's a team effort. But the truth is, Alex Cora has a ring under his credentials. Heim Bloom has not had a, a lot of opportunities. Actually, to, I believe to, he has three rings. Right? Did he win in 07? Was he with the Red Sox? One was player in 07. Uh, ring with the Astros in seventeen, and uh, yeah, ring 18, in eighteen. The Red Sox. So three. listen, Heim is amazing. But I just hope he doesn't fall into the the category of GMs that get super close. And and, it, I, and I don't think he's not going to. But, God, I'd feel so much better if there was a set closer going into the season. 90% of like the moves he's going to make hasn't happened yet because of the fucking lockout. God damn it. I, I think there's a good chance spend money on uh, save because it's too much money. Oh, Prove man. me wrong. They brought in Jackie Bradley Jr. to probably be like a fifth outfielder. I think they're going to go over the luxury tax. <laughs> if they don't, then that's a horrible fucking trade. I'm not a oh, fan. Yeah. Of I, I, I not. I don't. I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, Jackie Bradley, or why don't we sign Brock Holt? I am tired of that. You know, like <laughs> I love Brock Holt, 
And I have a Brock Holt, I have the Brock Holt picture uh, signed in my living room where he hit the hit for the fucking cycle um, at Yankee Stadium. But I'm sorry, it's 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 a good thing that we fucking moved on from Brock Holt. But um, Listen, that, that, that trade. Um, go ahead. Go, go ahead, Haga. No, I was going to say, like, that trade for Hunter Renfro didn't hurt as much because of how awful he was in the ALCS, like, the disappearing act that he pulled. Like, it's just... It's 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 sad, though, because, like, that great regular season that he put up it was the best of his career, but, like, oh, man, you're going to play in Boston. Like, you got to contribute in the playoffs. Like, that's what you're here for. And in, and in all fairness, JBJ did contribute in the 2018 uh, World uh, ALCS. True. Sure did. You know, I was just thinking, what what do you think about Dahlbach going out to left field? Like, you know, he used to be a pitcher. Uh, he's got a, a supposedly a hell of a cannon. What do we put at first? I think that's where if you were if you considered Schwarber um, f- for a year until you know Cass, like if that was if that was a thought or a possibility, uh, that would give Dahlbach a, a little more room to grow on this team. Because if Rafael Devers, you know, develops at third base and Cassis, I think we all agree on this. We're we're excited. We're we're, we're pumped for him. He's the where's guy. the fit? He's the guy. So, right. So where's the fit for Bobby yeah. long term? Right. And I he's going to have to find a new position. And Great. we. But why? Why? What? What if he settles into Boston and he crushes baseballs? Uh, left field. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst spot for him. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Uh, I just see oh, him I'm as a trade piece. Yeah. yeah, like I went. I feel like that's their that's their thing with like people, like prospects and things. Like they tried that with Swihart, mm-hmm. you know that didn't work out. Um, and it it seems like it's the last, it's the last uh, choice or whatever they got for like players they want to try and keep, but they're going to end up trading anyways. No, you're right, but I mean you think. Baseball is littered. I mean, Mookie Betts was a second baseman turned to right fielder. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lots of guys that have moved around. Uh, he, he went from second second base to center, actually. Uh, okay. Event, and then eventually to right center field. field. Right. Just, yeah. Right field just, Yo, but, just in center field at Fenway Park. <laughs> left field at Fenway, Manny Ramirez showed you don't have to be a defensive wizard to play uh, 81 games you know, in left field at Fenway Park. And, and if Bobby matches. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't like, like JD in the outfield. Shut off the cannon. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of JD in the outfield, and I'm not scared of Verdugo in right field either. I don't know. It depends. Like, who would you rather have in right field? Would you rather have Verdugo or you know Verdugo and right with Kike in center, or JBJ? You know, JBJ in center, or I mean. I, I don't know. Like if I if I had a choice, I'd probably if I we all know that JBJ is going to be the fucking fourth outfielder, mm-hmm. right? But if I had a choice, this is how it would look like right now. All right, I would put Verdugo out left, I'd put Kike in center, and I'd put fucking JBJ in right. If so, the season, yeah, if the season yeah, started if today, if the season started today, can I ask you like no trades or oh, anything yeah. else? If you had to choose between adding to this team right now. Say a Suzuki or Kyle from Waltham. Who who's the guy? Because I don't think you're getting both, and I don't know if you're getting either. But if you're getting one, who's the one you want? 
we've seen what Kyle can do already, right? Keep in mind, he played over his his career numbers by a lot for right. the Red Sox. So we saw what he could do with the Red Sox, and I agree. Um, he also kind of sucked in the postseason too. I would say he had a low key disappearing act, and. I think that uh, a lot of the Japanese players tend to, you know, outside of Shohei Otani, who's just fucking amazing, uh, they tend to have a terrible, like, first couple seasons. Hideki Matsui. Fuck him. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what, what was his name? The Godzilla, the thriller from Godzilla or whatever oh, it was? He, he was great. He really was. Sterling has some of the dumbest fucking calls ever. He came as advertised, though. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. I might go with Saya. Yeah. Um, he's a pretty good, pretty good defense outfielder. So he's got a bat. So right. It's tough. But the the, the thing one. is, it's like if we do that, what happens with Duran? I think he's traded anyway. Genuinely. You think he's traded? Right? All right, guys. Uh, let's uh, let's end the end the episode. Uh, we'll come back after uh, we have Bill Sock South on Twitter. Um, it's about fourteen minutes long, and uh, we'll be back after that, and we'll finish up the episode. We're already at two hours, guys. Yep. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Brad Chandler here. With me today, I have one of our. He was a reoccurring guest on the show. I would say we were trying to get you on as a uh, as a member of the podcast, right? Weren't we true, it's yeah. true. Well, life got in the way, but um, still an avid listener and fan, and uh, hope to participate more in the future as time permits. Absolutely. Well, the voice is Bill, aka Sock South, on Twitter. Hello, Are you boy. on anywhere else as Sock South? No, that's it. And uh, I've got a love hate. Uh, uh, all things equal, I hope to use it less and less as my life goes on. To be honest, with you. <laughs> and Twitter, Twitter really is a uh, a blessing and a curse, as yeah. is so, all all social media. Yeah, or at least use it with a scheduled sort of strategy in mind. So, well, base, baseball will hopefully soon uh, be coming back, and uh, then we can, you know, we'll have everything under control. Really, you know. Um, so Bill, I wanted to bring you on because we are celebrating our 100th episode. We're bringing on guests, uh, past guests that have been on the show. And I just wanted to reach out and have you come on, talk a little bit about what you've been doing in the off season, like to get your, your baseball sure. fix. Um, sure. So happy podcast anniversary. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, well in the off season, well, um, I am sort of uh, probably a little different than the, the typical collaborators you have. And I'm, I'm I think a little bit older. Um, and that includes having a 15 year old son who is just actually in a couple of days uh, starting up with uh, a series of workout slash tryout sessions for high school baseball. So been go. kind of fixated on that also down here in South Carolina, uh, fall ball goes right up to the doorstep of Thanksgiving. So he was playing that. So um loved the 2021 Red Sox season was very involved very uh you know commented on it interacted watched most of the games loved it loved the postseason loved where we got 
um, and then had even more baseball with him to sort of be involved with, and that obviously takes precedence. Um, but um, I haven't really had to, you know, obviously, other than refreshing Twitter a few times a day to see if there's been any movement in the uh, lockout, which there has not been, not surprisingly. Um, I have had a long sort of running habit of looking on YouTube to see if anybody has uploaded any vintage games from like the 70s and 60s, stuff that is sort of earlier than MLB.com's usual output or archives. Um, So I look for that stuff, but um, I don't know. I'm pretty busy otherwise, and I kind of feel like given the the craziness of the the world outside of baseball and how contentious this whole lockout situation is, I kind of feel like baseball Twitter could use a break (laughs) for a little bit. I don't think the fact that there's been a hiatus is the worst thing in the world for all of us. Um, And I think it's also given us time to like sit back and think, you know, all right, how do we, what do we think is going to happen? And what is baseball's place in the world? And, how do we think the Red Sox are really developing? Do we, do we like the way they're going and sort of imagining things that uh, can happen once the lockout is lifted? So I don't know. I have no lack of anything to do. I'm sure that things will get resolved uh, quicker than we even think. So, but um, I hope that answers your question. A little bit. I, <laughs> I also know that you're. You were breaking up there, buddy. I'm sorry. Uh, you're an avid baseball card collector. Yes and no. I um I yes, I, but I am paring back my. And that's another thing I've been doing. I've been paring back my uh, collection a bit to focus pretty much exclusively on red stock stuff and like vintage sets. I had a. I was very active the last few years, and then um, the fact that that grown men. Um, we're fighting over boxes of cards and packs of cards at Target and Walmart to the point that they stopped stocking them on shelves. And um, it just became sort of crazy. And the fact that Tops is just putting out too many sets and, and things to kind of keep up with sort of kind of spoiled it for me. I wanted to kind of simplify. So just uh, kind of focusing on the stuff I actually like to collect, which I kind of recommend that any collectors do. Um, otherwise you're, you wind that you're, you're left with the stacks and stacks of stuff that nobody wants, or it just kind of clutters up your, your, your house. One thing I am kind of wanting to do with this coming up season is, um, I used to, I used to do this when I was a kid, but sending off cars to get uh, signed through the mail. There's a lot of guys that do that. They got a lot of secrets. Um, and I'm kind of a fan of the Topps Allen and Ginter line, which is not, doesn't have a glossy finish on the front. So they don't, the autographs don't smudge and whatever. And I think they look kind of cool. So I'm focusing on getting together some Red Sox cards from Allen and Ginter and getting those set off. And that's that whole interest in that started with the fact that uh, I think the last time I saw the Red Sox play in Atlanta, my son got cut which was pretty amazing. And his signature looks really cool. And I was like, wow, it'd be cool to have like a, you know, I don't know, 30 or 50 of these different guys kind of framed. So um, I have no lack of things I need to spend money on and, and you know, no lack of expenses and whatnot in life. So there you go. being in my 40s collecting baseball cards is probably not, should not be anywhere near the top of my priority list. So fun fact, uh, you said your son met Koji. 
Well, he got he got his autograph at, ah, okay. at, at, at Turner Field, but uh, but yeah, and actually that was one of the, I think the few games that Pat Light was up with the team with the team oh, nice. as well, because like, he was over he was by twenty feet away, and I think he was interacting with some family or whatever. But I remember him because he had been called up, and he was the only guy I didn't and immediately recognize and had to think about for a minute. But yeah, he was there. So I I met. Uh, I met Koji one time and I got a high five and it nice. wasn't, I was very disappointed in the high five because it wasn't his yeah. super hard high five. You didn't break your hand. No, he did not break my hand and I was disappointed in it, but I got a Koji high five. And then yes. in 2020, there was the uh, Red Sox winter. Um, what was it? Uh, winter weekend. Yeah. The winter weekend. Uh, it was at MGM up in Springfield. Nice. Uh, my girlfriend at the time and I, we both went and she's, and so when you go to the winter, um, the w- winter weekend in the rooms, I don't know how they used to do it, but I know when I did it, they didn't tell you who you were getting. Hmm. So my room was, I had Josh Osich and Christian Vasquez. So I got the autograph with, from Josh Osich and I got a picture with Christian Vasquez. And then my girlfriend sent me a text message and I was like, well, who do you have? And she's like, number 19. I was like, oh, okay, Jackie Bradley. She's like, no, it's not Jackie Bradley. I don't know his name. I was like, well, what does he look like? She goes, oh, he's Asian. I was like, (laughs) he's Asian, number 19. Dude, you got Koji? You got Koji? So she she had a baseball with her because I told her, I was like, I bought like 15 baseballs just in case. And then... When she went to a different room, I gave her one of the baseballs, and she got Koji to sign it. So that was really cool. Man, it's it's it was fun because you know we had a stack of cards, and you know my son was a couple was like a row in front of me, and I'm like, all right, let's look and see who comes out. And he was Sam was eight at the time or nine at the time, and we saw Koji coming over, and he maneuvered down. I handed him the card, he handed it to him, and he just had a big smile on his face, and um, you know I. I live in South Carolina now, but I grew up in Connecticut. So we would go to Fenway and Yankee stadium and Shea stadium fairly often. And one time I remember getting Lee Smith's autograph at Fenway. Johnny Pesky was walking by. Uh, shout out Johnny Pesky. Um, he didn't come over and sign, but he was nice. walking by. Yeah. Shout out to the Pesky report. Um, Yankee stadium. I had the best luck getting autographs because we would wait near the player gate at the back. And I got, Carlos Quintana and Dennis Lamp and a bunch of Yankee guys. Phil Rizzuto came out and was mobbed. That was amazing. And then uh, the funniest story, um, I think it was 88 or 89, went with my baseball team, the Yankee Stadium, to a Yankee A's game. And Matt Young, who later pitched for the Red Sox, was signing autographs. I had a brain fart and had and had uh, convinced myself that it wasn't Matt Young. It was Bob Welch. So I kept handing Matt young bob welch's car and he kept saying that's not me man that's not me man and i was and it took me like 15 minutes to realize because i could have had matt young's autograph but i went up got went up getting tony phillips's autograph rest in peace tony phillips and um and then uh, i think the most fun autograph uh success i ever had and it wasn't really a challenge because he was signing for everybody but Carl Yastrzemski did a, he, he worked for cons, I think, uh, foods after he retired. Well, while he was playing and when he retired and he was doing, he was signing autographs at a food show, a food product show at the Hartford Civic Center. Um, and my parents took me and I have a picture of me and him. I have a, a severe bowl haircut 
and I got his autograph. I got a picture of me and him when I was like 11 years old. But there's just something cool about getting autographs, especially seeing it like through your kids' eyes and stuff. And you know, and like I said, I used to send away for stuff. So stuff coming in the mail was always kind of cool. And I still got a bunch of that stuff. So that's something my son and I can kind of do together. Um, but um, the Koji, I mean, going back to Koji, because I know we're we're sort of tied to Seiya Suzuki this off season. And Asian players are always fascinating to me. We've had some pretty good luck with pitchers, obviously, with Koji. And um, who else have we had? Um, Junichi Tozawa was pretty good. Hideo Nomo, obviously. Offensive players have been slightly more of a crapshoot. You're never sure how they're going to – you know, Hideki Matsuyu is great. And uh, Ichiro was amazing. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Um, and uh, I'm choosing to be on the optimistic side that uh, Seiya Suzuki would be a fantastic signing if he pulled. Especially, I think the last uh, report I read, it, it would it would take somewhere in the, the neighborhood of five years, fifty five million. Whereas someone like Nick Castellanos would probably be five one twenty five, and uh, Suzuki would seem like a severe upgrade defensively at least even if his numbers didn't quite meet him offensively. So sorry to get off on that tangent, but I've just been thinking about that a lot with this off season. And not a problem. It, yeah. We've definitely been tied with Sia on uh, Suzuki and I've been pretty, uh, pretty amazed at what's been going on with the Asian uh, players that come to the Red Sox and, um, you know, Koji being one of the last ones uh, with uh, Okajima um, and, uh, who was our reliever this this last year? Salamora. Yes. Well, we like to call him Solid Mora, but <laughs> he he wasn't. He started losing uh, losing it like towards the end of the season, and that's probably because he was being used a lot. So, well, I, my reaction to Salamora was similar to my reaction to Dice K at the time. Like the stuff was there, obviously had fantastic stuff. But watching them both pitch is exhausting because you don't know what version is going to show up that day. And there were games this year where Salamora, he kept throwing his splitter and was just not getting strikes. And, um, you know, and then there was other times he was great. And Dice K would just, you know, uh, it was like watching paint dry sometimes, despite the fact that you would turn around and he'd won 18 games but it seemed like you it, it, it were squeezing blood out of a stone to get him through five innings. So it's right. definitely, um, you know, it's it's just interesting to me. I think overall, though, I think coming the pitchers coming from Asia, the, the, the pitchers tend to have better success than the hitters. But the hitters that do have success are pretty fantastic. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens. Yeah, well, hopefully we find out when the season starts. Uh, hopefully we get a 2022 season that starts on time. I'm not really optimistic about that. Um, yeah. But I did want to thank you so much, Bill, for coming on sure, uh, and, and being a part of our uh, century mark here. 
Uh, it's been it's been awesome having you on, and absolutely 100%. If you ever want to come on uh, as a guest in the future, you're more than welcome. Uh, most, I've most always definitely. I've always had great conversations with you when it comes to the Red Sox, and uh, hopefully we get that we get that back in 2022. Let's do it, man. Will do. Right, Thank man. you so much. Congratulations again. Talk to you later. All right, thanks to Bill Sox South uh, for coming on and talking a little bit of baseball with us and of what he did uh, with his baseball cards and uh, things like that. Uh, Bill has been a part of the show a couple times, like I said. A good guy to talk to. Uh, great follow, by the way, uh, on Twitter. Um, nice guy to go back and forth with if you disagree. Um he does not like the Carlos Correa to the Boston Red Sox thing. And he's very big and adamant about that, which, uh, you know, I'm just going to say, Bill, that's a bad take. We all have them. Not everyone got a yeah. good take, Scott. All the time. Yeah, we, we could, I've never had a bad just... take personally, so I mean, I can't relate. Um I'll have to go back and fucking find a bad take from you because I'm pretty sure you have. Brady, no. you know of a bad take from Hogdale? I, I know, I know I've seen shit that I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, nothing screams out at me. Uh, I'll give, I'll give you a, a, a bad take for myself real quick. Right now. My committee? If, the se- <laughs> if the season starts today, my, uh, Solid Moore should get a real shot as the closer. That is a bad take. Yep. Acknowledge it. I, I do. I embrace it. I know it. But it's my bad take, and I, I'm sticking to it. God damn it. No. There's no way you actually think that that's a, a legitimate thing. I kind of I, I do. I know it's wrong. That's the thing is I know it's wrong, but it feels so right. What do we do? Are you done? Yeah. He literally didn't know how to pitch during certain points of the season. <laughs> and at other points, he looked, like, amazing. Yeah, so did Matt Barnes. I was actually, I swear to God, I was like, <laughs> what if they just said, look, you are you got the job until you fall apart, and then tag, your it, right? And they just kind of... Tag your end, so they're s- tag team partners? Sawanarns. <laughs> Bawamora. Huh? Just one guy merged the two together. You, you should feel bad. You should feel bad. <laughs> Hiramazu Bawamo. <laughs> I was dying. Hiramazu. Hiramazu. Yeah. Matazazu. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> what a great episode, 100. I'm fucking sober, too. <laughs> I am, too. I just, I think they'd make a good pitcher. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Good take. Uh, Hopefully for 162 games. It's not going to happen. <laughs> no. Even for Matsuzaku Samabauer. Why are we going with Bauer now? 
I was trying to get as much barns in as I could. I don't really want a whole fucking lot of it. <laughs> that guy sucks ass. Fuck Matt Barnes. I, you know what? I really want to get Matt Barnes on the episode just to see your reaction. It's honestly, it's not going to be good. Like, cause I like, if we ever get Matt Barnes, he's going to be like, all right, I want to talk to this fucking Brady guy. And like, I got a fucking bone to pick with you, Matt. Do you remember June uh, 23rd, 2019? I do. Jose you fucking launch on your ass. Remember that one? You fucking clown, choke artist, bitch. <laughs> Big fan, though. Thanks, Matt. Jesus Christ. Hot 93.7. <laughs> How you feeling? Th- thanks for the game that I was there for my father after he died. Thanks, thanks for, for killing it. Thanks. Appreciate it. It was nice. You made his wife cry twice in a week. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, Jose, I'm not mad at you at all because you're just playing baseball. But Matt, you fucking suck. Jose Abreu, fucking he launched it. I'm going to go find that fucking clip. That should be like fucking that. Yep, that's it. He got launched so fucking hard. The game was moving along swimmingly. And then Matt Barnes turned into Matt Barnes. What day was it? I got to look that shit up. It's 2000. It's, it's versus the White Sox 2019. So I got to go back to 2019 Red Sox games. No, like what day was it? Like, I don't. It was September 23rd. Yeah, I don't remember. No, I don't remember, uh, the complete, uh, the yeah, but I, I'm going to get it like right fucking now. Cause I, I, then I'll look it up and then I want everyone to experience what the fuck I did in real time. And you're going to be like, that it sucks. Was in June? Yeah. It would have been a close game too. <laughs> June 26, 2019? Ninth, well, ninth did, oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Did did Barnes get the loss? Hold on. Because he sure deserved it. What did I say? June 19th? It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be. The, no, it's going to be the 26th. Uh, Red Sox are hosting the White Sox, and they lose 8-7. Yep, losing pitcher Matt Barnes. That's it. Thanks, Matt. Fucking piece of garbage. <laughs> it's the only game. Bro. Yeah, thanks. My father died and you just can't get three fucking outs. It's not important to have a closer. It's not. Closer by committee worked great that fucking day too. What a clown. Hold on. Many snack packs. On YouTube helps me reach engaged oh, fuck off with like this shit. Been searching for landscapers. Soaked up a good deal of the innings in this series so far. Oh, it was a Chris Sale star. I don't remember that. I was crying all day. Carry and down past Mookie Betts. Way to go, Mookie. Garcia's on his way home. Moncada gets stopped at third. An RBI double for Abreu. And the Sox have hopped on sale in the first. Which, RBI number 56, and normally, if Yuan wasn't nursing that sore knee, he scores from first base on this. But as you can see, he Good. doesn't take off. Big effort, that. big effort. See if that's a fine right fielder is able to make the play. He was not. And Yuan is now taking a little time at third base, talking with Nick Capra. Larry yeah. comes down the line. With the infield in. That's right. They come back and take the lead in an exciting fashion. Down 6-3. Six, six, mm-hmm. Abreu comes through. Right? That's a high fast. Here you go. Oh, they skipped over it. Now here goes Barnes. Watch this shit. Bam! He drills it. 
Look, not even a fucking look. And the White Sox lead. Fuck Matt Barnes. Way out of here. Way out of here. Look, he hit it so hard, he didn't even look at it because he was like, God damn. Jose Abreu, class act, Matt Barnes, piece of shit. Piece of shit. I mean, he grooved a fucking beyond underrated power hitter in baseball and just said, can you hit it? And he was like, dude, I'm going to hit it like I'm using a fucking aluminum bat. Thanks, Matt. Right, Sox are down 6-3. They score four fucking runs and take a, a – what, what a comeback, right? My, my mom's crying. I'm go, Yo, feel like my dad's there. Then Matt Barnes like, I got you, Ryan. I'm just going to really serve up a big, fat fucking meatball to this – to Jose Abreu because I'm a fucking clown show. But let's go ahead and make me the closer next year just because, you know, Heim said so. Great extension, Heim. Great. He pitched so well as soon as that ink was fucking not even dry. He was like, I'm going to show you the Matt Barnes that, that Ryan Brady knows. <laughs> like his ERA post the extension is it makes Pat Light's career look look phenomenal with the Red Sox. What is the size That's accurate. of Pat Light? Pat Light didn't deserve that. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. didn't Pat – He's, My bad. You're right. Alright. Good point. <laughs> he pitched. Matt Barnes would have worse numbers than Eric Gagne's time with the Boston Red Sox. Some would say Josh, Josh Osage-esque. <laughs> Some may say. Some may say Zach Godley-esque. Oh god. What a piece of Wait. shit. We can get that guy in the pile. I'll tell him what the fuck I think about him, too. We should reach out to him. the entire 2020 Red Sox pitching roster. <laughs> that would be great. You know what, though? I, Hogdale Chowns accepted. I will reach out to every member who I can find on Instagram, every one of them, and see if I, we can get him on the pod. Oh, no. If you get Mike Kickham, I swear to God, I'm going to shut him <laughs> I, listen, I would expect nothing less. If we get Matt Barnes, get ready for a fucking heathing dump. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like I'm in the fucking Tropicana, right? I'm just gonna take I'm gonna shite all over the fucking. Thanks, shite. Matt. <laughs> Should we pull up that video? Oh yeah, Matt. I just want to show you a clip that really told me all I need to know about you. You know what I mean? What kind of guy that you are? June June twenty six, two thousand nineteen. Remember that uh, that home run you gave up to Jose Abreu? Yeah, I don't remember that one. <laughs> I cried in 86 when I was a child to watch the, the Sox lose. I cried harder that day after, uh, you, you murdered any feel good day after my father died. Thanks, Matt. Which is worse, Matt Barnes that day or Buckner? Matt Barnes. That's so harsh. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Way to nail it down. Anybody can close. Anybody. Except Matt Barnes. All right, John. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, uh, we're two hours, 26 minutes into the podcast. We have anything else that you gentlemen want to talk about? No. <laughs> we covered everything. It's all covered up. It's all covered up. Let's, good job on 100, boys. And, and uh, Hogdale, let's give a little to Brad because Brad has been here for all of them. I mean, let's. Oh, yeah. Every single episode, the maniac. Uh, yeah, because none of you fucks can fuck. <laughs> You're like Cal Ripken. 
Brady was actually yeah. supposed to take over the goddamn episode, uh, the podcast um, for like days that I wasn't available. And he was just like, I don't. I don't know how to use the computer. I'll take over, but we got to have Ryan LaVardway on as the guest. And then I'll just be like, oh, it's just two Ryan's Gavin and Hogdale can chime in and I'll feel nice and comfortable. Yeah, see, that doesn't work. No, no. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm like like all thumbs when the show starts. and You have a nice segue into it. I have no fucking clue, right? You could type a script. I'm going to butcher the shit out of that. Remember the one ad read you gave me? How'd that work out? Yeah, that totally. I had to <laughs> fucking read it. Yep. <laughs> maybe, maybe we, uh, maybe we get another ad read, and you absolutely have to read it. Well, you know, I'm working on one that that's that's meaningful to me. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that after. Let, we, let's done, done let's finger it. crossed. Let's finger cross that yeah. one. All right. <laughs> finger each other. I mean, finger cross. <laughs> hey, Hogdale, thank thank you, man. You're 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 a ton of fun. Love your takes, and uh, I just want to throw that out. Even if they're fucking horrible. Even if you have a little, uh, I think he's frozen. Yeah, yeah. he looked yeah, like he's frozen. frozen. Yeah, you know how you knew it was frozen? Not because he's not moving, but because the little cricket inside his computer is no longer uh, making the little door stop go. I think he's only in on the uh, audio. Hogdale, are you there? A dick bag. Type oh. in the convo. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! You know, you're giving that shit too. Oh boy! Yeah. I mean, listen, boys. Really good, good show. Strong performance. I've, congrats to everybody that's been involved. Like I said, uh, I have big shout out to our other co-hosts Bailey and Ed, who come on occasionally. Um, take a look and uh, listen to their podcast as well. I believe it's uh, baseball and bubblies, and or bu- baseball and bubbles. I'm not sure. Sorry if I butchered that, uh, you two. But um, Isaac, uh, who has been a part of the podcast, he came on a few times. Um, Jeff Wax. Um, Lauren from um, Lockdown Sox, Red Sox, you know, everybody who's ever come on. Ryan. Jim McCaffrey, Ryan LaVarnway. No, no, no. The uh, other Ryan, the uh, the coach. Oh, Palmer. I forget. Mm-hmm. Why did I forget about him? I'm just terrible with that. I, I'm so sorry about that. Definitely uh, Ryan. Also Grant, the other Grant who has been a part of the podcast. Uh, he chimes in every once in a while. And uh, hopefully – the next hundred episodes will be be even better. I'm hoping that everything keeps going on the up and up, and uh, we keep doing our thing. Um, it seems like a lot of people are listening to our show, and uh, we really appreciate it. Love it. Thank you. Uh, can't believe hundred hundred in. Let, let, let's hope for a good fucking baseball season starts on time and uh, have a good year. All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you in a little bit. And everybody else out there, please make sure to follow us. On, oh, go ahead, Brady. 
just say uh, congrats on on all the, all the new jobs that you've uh, you know gotten, and, and I just want to tell you how, I'm proud of you, buddy. <laughs> yes, the jobs that I got today. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go finish the job. I'm proud of you, man. I just want to let you know that I'm honestly, as your brother, I'm proud of you. All right, thanks. You got it, man. Thank you for listening to the Pesky Report. Make sure to follow us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pesky Report. No matter what platform you're listening to us on, please make sure to leave us a review and a comment and let us know how we're doing. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.